Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in, guys, along for the ride on a special Monday installment of our program. Our Mondays are always brought to you by our friends at the Best Bet. Fun things going on at all three of those great locations. The Best Bet St. Augustine is just off of I 95. The Best Bet uh, Jacksonville is on Monument. You know that Best Bet in uh, Orange Park is just off of uh, 17, just over the Buckman Bridge if you're coming from the south side. We love being out here at the stadium course, gorgeous as ever. It little, really is. A little cool out there today. But, uh, boy, there's just a vibe when you, when you get on the property, isn't there? Doesn't it feel that way? Oh, it's, it's amazing how beautiful the course looks. It, it's almost like it gets better every time you come out here, which it is does. hard to believe because it always seems like it's a perfect 10. But uh, just driving in today, obviously, I'll look forward to hearing how you played. But uh, – it looks spectacular as you would uh, expect. I was in Jack's Beach looking at the wind going, I have a feeling that today's course is going to be somewhat difficult for the boys and girls out there. Media day today. It was it was <laughs> difficult. It was a uh, – we played a shamble. What that is, it's not a scramble where you just play one ball. I mean, you, you all hit four hit and you play one. But a shamble is you hit the – everybody hits a drive, and then you play from the best drive. So it's not a real score. Okay. So, I mean, I shot like, I shot like 40 on the front. But that's because you're hitting from the fairway the whole time. Now, you, if you hit a bad drive, you don't have to play it, long as one of the four people hit the fairway. So it was fun. Played with Mia and uh, two two folks, uh, Charles and Brooke from 904HappyHour.com, who are wonderful people, and it was a wonderful group, and we had a wonderful time. Uh, like I told Joe Cowart on seventeen, that's what everyone asks. What seventeen pulled it left into the water, made double. So there you go. So made double on. We started. It's a shotgun start. You know the way a shotgun works is they put you. We started on sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the golf course. 16, yeah. 17. So we started on six, 16A. Okay. So 16, 17, and 18. And uh, and then uh, so so with our group all over the place, the first three played played pretty well on the front, you know, and then uh, then got back got to the back again. What a wonderful golf course. It was wonderful. And the and Lee Smith will join us in a bit here, the executive director of the Players' Championship. But they're, they're so good to the media, just like they are to the fans when they set this up. But it's, a, it's truly a wonderful setting. They treat you right. They love having you out there. We love coming out here. I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's good on good, man. It, you know what I mean? It's just good folks uh, making all making sure we had a good time, making sure the course is set up for us. Um, breakfast in the morning. Lee is speaking right now to the two members of the media. Uh, the press conference is kind of going on now, and then uh, and then Lee will join us a little bit later on in the program. So, but a wonderful day. We had a wonderful day. It was a little bit cool, but a wonderful day out here. The Any course. changes to the golf course that you noticed at yeah, all? Yeah, from a playability standpoint, none that I could tell. There, whether or not there are some from a fan watching standpoint, we'll ask Lee that because we wouldn't see that. They're just beginning now to to, to build the the, the bleachers mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, but from but I but I look for that. But from a playability standpoint. Played every hole. Nothing felt different. Obviously, the the gigantic change was what four or five years ago when they changed twelve. Mm-hmm. When everybody when and I, and I was talking and I was talking to Lee about this too. 
uh, again, this is his first rodeo when he has his first one. You know, Jared Rice, our buddy who did such a wonderful job as the executive director, and Matt Rapp before him, two really good people that have done it. So, uh, But Leo do a great job. We already think he's a, he's a big timer. But one thing we found out is the first time I came out here, after if you don't know what we're talking about, tw- they've made 12 a drivable par 4. Tw- 12 now is a par 4 you can reach. But almost no one does it. And that's what I was going to say is yeah. is the first time we came out here on a Thursday, I don't know if one of you guys were with me or not. Were you maybe with me, Lauren? I don't know. But one, the, one, the first time they did, well, I think I know we've all walked the course together, so I'm not, you know. But on Thursday, went and sat there for an hour and a half. Nobody went for it. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So so you can't now you get to Sunday and you're behind. Then then, then you got then, then then you're throwing some Hail Marys, you know, so but but other than that I didn't see any differences. The course is in wonderful shape. I'm trying to think if there's anything that played differently than it normally would. I don't think so. I think it's pretty pretty, pretty normal stuff. Can we come out here every Monday? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I just, like you said, as soon as you drive onto the property, there's yeah. just this, like, feeling. And even though it's an overcast day and it's breezy, it still has this I magical agree. feeling to it. It really does. You forget long. how just magnificent the clubhouse mm-hmm. is. I mean, such the, a the good room point. we're in is immaculate, yeah. but the whole building is, it's sensational. Yeah, it's, it's such a good point. You're, you're exactly right about that. It, it's, got, it's, it's just got a vibe. And, 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 and well, they were... I did a, a hit on channel, one of my Channel 4 hits, and Alessandra asked me, what does it mean to Jacksonville? I said, it, and to the First Coast, it means everything because it's ours. I mean, there, there's – I've always said this, and I, Mark Lamping and I have had this conversation. I've told him this. The stuff he's done, whether it's Daly's Place or that Miller Electric Center or those gigantic scoreboards or pools or things that set us apart – are such a big deal to us because our city and I, I'm born. We're all three born and raised here, so we, nobody gets it more than the three of us do. But the city's had a self-esteem problem. We don't have South Beach. We don't have Disney. We don't have all that's Tampa, you know. But it's a fantastic city. The people that live here aren't ever moving because it's a better place to live than any of them, right? But but nationally, we're not as recognizable. By God, we're recognized for this thing. Ponte Vedra is Jacksonville. When people see that beautiful golf course and the way it looks, everybody knows that is ours, and that is a big deal. And that's a big deal to all of us. It really, I mean, it is truly a big deal. So, yeah, I, 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 it, 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 I get excited when I come out here. The, the, the majesty of it all, if you will, is great stuff. So, so we'll talk uh, about that again. Lee Smith will join us a little bit later on uh, in the program to talk about uh, the players and, and a whole lot more and what changes there might be coming up. So we'll talk about I that. saw, by the way, we're giving away some tickets to the players yes. on Sunday. So people just have to follow wow. 1010 and the players both on Twitter yeah. or Instagram, but follow both accounts and uh, reply with some stuff and you could win yeah, tickets to that's Sunday. that's exactly right. So, uh, and, and that's a pretty good day to go because that's when they, they pick a champion. That's on right. Sunday. A lot of things to get to. I want to talk we about this. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, good point. Good poor, point. Poor but, Pebble Beach. Yeah. They didn't yeah. even get the fourth round in. That's right. Not but Wyndham Clark said yeah. no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wyndham Clark was like, <laughs> <laughs> Keep yeah. it coming, right? I birdied 18, yeah, and yeah, I'll take yeah. that paycheck. Yeah, Thank you very isn't much. That but isn't that weird? Yeah, no, I, I've never seen them do that. I, I didn't it's know you really It's the first rare. time since 2016 yeah. that they, that the right? PGA Tour has ever had to do it. Because they'll almost always try and do a Tuesday finish. Yeah, something. If, yeah, if they have yeah, to. Right. But it was just they had such a violent storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they lost trees on the course. It looked dangerous. I saw yeah. some of the tweets coming out of there. It looked dangerous. So, so Wyndham Clark gets the win. Hopefully we don't have that. Yeah. We've had our share of wind and rain recently. We'll take 75 degrees. Yeah. Four straight days. <laughs> exactly right. Um, hey, Lonson, I want to get to the Super Bowl today. The game a little bit, but the enormity of the event. It is the number one sporting event in, in America. And I, and as much as I love March Madness, as much as I love the Masters, as much as a guy like me loves the World Series, 
I don't think there's a close second. There isn't. There, there, nothing should even be second. Whatever's next is third. You know, the second line, the two lines should stay vacant, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. It's got to be college football. Would I would, be second, or would it I, be the NFC AFC championships? I, I, Those I, are well, second. Good point. I guess. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, to me, and we'll, we'll get into this. I don't want to scoop ourselves here. I would say the Final Four, but Matt, how about the Masters? What, what, yeah. what, whatever's next, we all agree there's a gap. Yeah. But uh, but I want I want to but how did it become this? Why did, how and why did it become this? And I want I want to kind of get into that a little bit today cuz I think it's I think it's it's fascinating to me and it's, I like to do it on Monday of Super Bowl week. Well before we get into the uh the nitty and gritty and the nuts and bolts of the game a little bit. Just out of curiosity, did y'all watch the Grammys last night? I watched all the perf- I didn't yeah. watch it live. Okay. I watched the key performances. Okay. I, yeah, the, uh, the I was just curious about sort of in and out. Yeah, yeah, about the Billy Joel part. Yeah, I'm I'm going to get to I'm going to get to all of that today. I got it, it's on the list. Um but I'll tell you this, I am now a Luke Combs fan. Okay. Welcome. I am now a Luke Combs fan. He, I am now. He deferred to her in the best was, possible it way. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. The way he deferred to her with his body language, yep. with his facial expressions. The It was, it was I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big uh, cover guy. We've had this conversation on the air. Um, but I, and I assume, I shouldn't assume. If you haven't seen the performance by now, you probably should. I shouldn't assume people have seen it. Not everybody sure. likes the same music. Yeah. But for people that don't know, uh, Tracy Chapman, who recorded that epic hit in 1988 um, and has been understated ever since, um, um, she had very, she had another big hit in 95, 94, um, but for the most part was understated, but, but was just such a powerful uh, movement around her. She stood for so much that mattered. The song is so real and so visceral and so true and and and, and so American. And and so when Luke Combs covered it, some people loved it. It went to the top. Um, I didn't. I didn't love the fact that he did it. And we weren't watching the Grammys. We were watching movies and just kind of hanging out. So we weren't watching the Grammys last night. So I went back and watched all the stuff on online. And uh, and and to be honest with you, I forgot it was on. I forgot the Grammys were on last night, so I, I didn't. I didn't. Suzanne and I were just watching movies and knocking around, and so, um, and so went back and watched all the performances. But I will say this, and 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 the way he brought her back into the to limelight, what he did, what he, what Luke Combs did to to bring Tracy Chapman back, and the way he deferred Lauren was the perfect word. The way he deferred to her through. I mean, they shared the performance. Sure. They, they, it was, it was, but but the way he deferred to her. And the way the crowd responded to her, I mean, I, I, I teared up when I watched it. It was a, uh, I'm a Luke Combs fan. I, I will, I will, I'm so glad. I will turn on his music. I will try and listen to what he's, what he's singing. I don't know any of it. I couldn't name one song. Yeah, you know, I know he's a big star, but and I said before, I'm even if I'm not a fan of someone, I respect their greatness. I've always, I've always respected the greatness of bands, even if it's not, they're not my thing. And I know he is all the rage. I know Morgan Wallen and and he and a handful of others are all, like all the rage now in mm-hmm. the country, in the country realm. But I, I really appreciate just how deferential you said to use perfect word, how deferential he was. That wasn't that amazing. What an ama- what an amazing performance. You, did, did you see it, Hayes? Yeah. Okay. And Taylor Swift standing up. Yep, and yeah. singing. Yeah. And, yeah. and then everybody starts getting I mean it was I didn't see it till this morning. I, I didn't I, I it was, was magnificent. Because I follow country music, I knew they were performing yeah. last night. I yeah. knew Luke Combs was performing it with her and Tracy Chapman hasn't performed publicly in a long time, yeah. so I was beyond excited. Yeah. Uh I not only watched it 
when it happened live, as soon as the video was on Twitter, I probably watched it another yeah. 10 times. Yeah. I was crying throughout it. It I was so it, good. I watched it a bunch of times. Yeah. And, and so I, I will tell Did you. Did they put it on Spotify yet? Because I know there was fans that were clamoring for that version. That's a good question. To be put on, hoping, hoping Spotify could add it. Okay. I'll I, check. That's yeah. a good question. I've no. Like I said, I've just watched it online. The real truth. I used to love the Grammys. I don't watch them anymore. Not for some political reason or, or because they do anything wrong. I just don't know the music anymore. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, I just, I would be watching, even last night, when I look back at the songs, the performances, the winners, it would be a lot of stuff I just don't know. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't enjoy it. It was the watching. first time I've watched it in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was but, because but I, I wanted to see that one performance. But like, to your point, like, I'm not a Billie Eilish fan right. necessarily, um, but. Joni Mitchell, you got both ends of the spectrum because then you had Joni Mitchell perform as well. Yeah. So and it, I wa- they and did again, a great job. I went back and what I went back and watched was the stuff I know. I watched yeah. the Billy Joel songs. I watched uh, Joni Mitchell. What did Billy Mitchell. Joel do? Because I didn't see that. He, he sang his new song, mm-hmm. which is called um, We're Back or. or uh, okay, it, so it, some, a new uh, song. He, his a first, brand new song. His, okay. first hit, his first performance on the, on the Grammys in 22 years. Wow. And his first uh, new song, and it was good. It was turn good. the lights back turn, on. Turn the lights back on. It was okay. good. It was. It was. It was good. And then he, and then he ended the show with "You May Be Right." Oh, okay. That, that's how they ended the Grammys. But uh, but I, again, I wasn't watching Suzanne. And I, we, again, we were watching movies, and, and we uh, honestly we didn't even talk about the Grammys. Normally, we'll talk about. Normally, what we'll do. Suzanne's good about recording stuff. She'll record the whole all these award shows, the country shows, whatnot. Right. And then we'll go back and see, watch the performances. But we didn't even think to do that last night. We just, just slipped our mind, you know. So, so but, but, uh, but the, I'm going to talk more about the, But the Luke Combs, Tracy Chapman, it was just amazing. And I saw on Twitter that it's now the number one downloaded iTunes. Did you see this? I did not. The, the, the original. The original, the Tracy Chapman mm. version, the 1988, is, was, became the number one uh, download the download the iTunes or whatever it is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the number Streamed. one, yeah. the number one song on iTunes, the original. Not that his. does not surprise me. And it's it's amazing. So uh, so so good. It was a wonderful thing. So we got it was really wonderful. I re- and I really do believe that. So so uh, today on the program, um, I'm going to make mention of that. Make mention of the Billy. You asked me about the Billy Joel, the fact that he performed. Yeah, I just thought that was amazing. I did. Yeah, and I and again I was. I, I'm, I'm regretting now that we didn't record it because there's still something different about watching it, watching the fans respond, the whole bit. So, so, but we'll, so we'll talk a little bit about the, about the Grammys coming up. But I'm going to start with the Super Bowl and why it's become what it was. We'll talk some players' championship. Lee Smith will stop by to talk about this, uh, uh, his event here. Um, a lot about the NFL we'll talk to. The Florida basketball team, the FSU basketball team, both lost over the weekend. Um, UNF and JU both lost over the weekend. I thought it was a bad loss for Florida. I thought it's one they should have won. I, this is the first time I've been critical of them losing a game. They should have won it. They had the better team. Yeah, they had the better team. Well, yeah. the other and team and goes to the foul line yeah. twenty times yeah. in the second half. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be hard to win that game. But I will say this about that: Yeah, when the other team team goes to the foul line twenty times and you go twice in the half, you get in a bad whistle. But it was more than that. They were the aggressor. They were going inside. They were the aggressor. Always goes to the line more. I thought Florida played soft in the second half. I thought, and again, you're allowed to mess up some, you know. But I, but I thought the twenty to two wasn't just bad officiating. I thought the twenty to two was they Florida didn't pound it inside, and A and M did. So, so the aggressor usually wins that battle. But a lot of things to talk about. Let's start with the Super Bowl. Glad you're with us on a Monday. It's brought to you by the Best Bet. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. 
It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks on location. RJ Saunders back at World Headquarters. A Monday edition is always brought to you by The Best Bet. And today we're live from the Players' Championship. Lee Smith will join us at uh, 3.40, about 20 minutes from now. Uh, the new executive director of the players. We'll talk all about the course, the plan, uh, what's coming up, and, uh, and all that comes up in, in just a bit. The Super Bowl comes up on Sunday. It's in Vegas. The enormity of it just seems to fit Vegas, so it seems perfect that it's there. I got all kinds of thoughts about this. But we all agree it is the sporting event in America. A lot of people believe, and I'm serious about this, that Monday should be a holiday. The Monday should be a national holiday that people should or have it on Saturday. And the in the other part of that conversation is a lot of people believe the game should be on a Saturday night. The game should be That's on Saturday. I I totally believe that. And so, um, oh, let's start with that. I'm going to talk about the enormity. Yeah. Why Saturday night? So people can enjoy it and still have Sunday to recover. Right. Uh, it's just it's tough. Now the NFL does a good job. The Super Bowl starts at a reasonable time, so it's over. You know, at nine thirty, ten, something like that. But. Uh, but I'd like it to be on a – I think it'd be better to be on a Saturday night. I don't think it would affect their ratings. That's what they're worried about. Uh, and uh, and I think then people have Sunday to, you know, recover from their party and be fresh for work Monday. Yeah, I think especially for kids who want to watch the game, a lot of times parents aren't going to let their kids stay up that late on a school night. And so if it was Saturday night, they'd get to stay up and, and watch the whole thing. I don't think the NFL should ever have to worry about its ratings because people are going to watch. I don't know what the ratings were for yesterday's yeah. Pro Bowl games. I didn't watch a second of it, but I'm sure the ratings did fine because it was the NFL. I'd like Saturday night, too. If you asked me to vote, I'd, I'd come with you guys. I'd vote for it. I can live with it not, though, because Super Bowl Sunday has been such a thing and Sunday's when the games are played. I'm a big believer that the college national championship should be on Saturday night. Both the Final Four. The Final Four, they used to get it right. It was Thursday, Saturday, which is what it should be. It should have never gone to Saturday, Monday. Monday should not be the night. Now, Monday has become such a night for college championships, it's probably going to be hard to get it off that now. But I, I think the college championship should always be a Thursday, Saturday. And I think that I could live with the Super Bowl on a Saturday night. But I will tell you, as crazy as it sounds, I could live with Monday as a holiday after the Super Bowl, even if the game didn't get moved. I just think, you think, well, that's crazy. Holidays are supposed to celebrate, celebrate people, celebrate moments. Uh, celebrate things that are important to our country. But I think this event is so big that it qualifies. I just think it qualifies. I just think that it should be a holiday. I, as crazy as that sounds, are the people that don't care about sports are like, what are you talking about? But I really believe that. I don't think they listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying this right now. <laughs> no, I, I mean, just mean. in general, I, I just yeah. think they, they, people, if that movement ever happened, people would be opposed to it. But I'm, I'm a big believer that, that I really do. I, I believe that in all my heart of hearts, it should be a, a holiday. Beyond that, why did Hayes start with you? Why did it become this big of a national ordeal? It's a great question because when I was growing up, the it was dominated by the NFC, but that didn't matter. It was like the NFC won however many in a row, and and you would 13, think I think that that would that would curb it, but was it that many in a row? It, I it, think so. Wow, it, it was thirteen. There's a that's lot. What I There's a lot. Whatever it was, it was yeah. a lot. I'll look but. It up. Uh, um, but anyway, so it was uh, – it, it, but it just – I don't know whether it was and, – and, and they weren't great games, but it really felt like it grew from the time I started watching it as a child to – I mean, now there's, there's no comparison. But even growing up, it felt like the Super Bowl got more important 
with each passing year. And uh, I, I, I don't know that you can really explain it because it's not like there's been that many tremendous games that went right down to the wire. I mean, the it, the blowouts are more the out the the norm. Uh, lately, the games have been closer, but uh, so it's it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly why, other than just the exponential growth of the NFL. And uh, you know, I obviously it gets a lot of hype and and things like that, but I I think it's more just a product of the NFL growing and passing baseball and 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 creating more of a gap between itself and the NBA more than the Super Bowl delivering, and that's why the Super Bowl became such a big event. 13 consecutive Super Bowls from 1984 with the 49ers through 1996 with the Packers. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that is crazy that it was that lopsided. I think it's so big because even people who don't, to your point, Frank, care that much about sports, they they all tune in for the Super Bowl. It's the one thing where I feel like all of America is actually going to watch. And so you get people who this year, look at Taylor Swift and the impact she's had. There are going to be people watching the Super Bowl this year who have never watched another football game, but just because they want to see her. But overall, I think, too, it's it's we are so drawn to the violence that is football and there's no bigger spectacle than is the Super Bowl. I think violence is part of it. I think every country embraces its sporting giant almost as much as anything, as much as it's sometimes it's religion, as much as it's politics, as much as it's 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 pride and its history and its legacy. Countries embrace their sporting greatness, whether it's some of the European countries or Brazil uh, and uh, embracing soccer the way they do, whether it's Canada embracing hockey the way it does, whether it's Ireland and Scotland embracing golf the way it does. I think every country embraces its sports giant with, with incredible reverence. Football, to your point, Hayes, raced past. Base, the World Series – when I was growing up, was the biggest thing in the world, man. I mean, back then the games were in the afternoons. There were the first, you know, the first, you know, when the first World Series night game was, nineteen seventy one. Do you know that? There had never been. A, it was the Pirates. It was the Pirates and the Orioles, and so it was the first ever World Series night game. So when I'm growing up, remember I was born in fifty eight. So all through the sixties, when I'm a kid, World Series are playing today. You couldn't wait to get off school, out of school. You could, those games started at three o'clock. You freaking raced home. It was it was the Super Bowl. It was just afternoon games during the week in baseball. You race, and not just me because I was a baseball guy. You raced home to see it. Boxing and baseball. Well, football's past all that. And I think football players and the great ones have become such gladiators, such heroes in our culture that that when they play for the ultimate championship, it, it, it was going to be big. Well, football figured that out. The NFL figured that out. So they added to it with entertainment. They added to it with television. Uh, two days of television stuff. Uh, then the city that got it expanded, what turned it into a week of concerts. And then it became the end thing to do for the people performing. Not just the Super Bowl, the, the event, but, I mean, people performing all during the week. Once it became the party you had to go to if you, were, if you mattered. And it's amazing how enormous it has become. This is the, We will talk about Super Bowl week for – I mean, we'll talk about all the, someone, someone's going to get arrested tomorrow. Some, some incredible band is going to have an unbelievable performance on Saturday. All the stuff that's going to happen, 
it'll be magnified because it's just, it's really an amazing spectacle in American sport and really an amazing part of Americana. It really, really is. How much do you attribute the Super Bowl success to Bud Bowl? No. <laughs> well said. Well, well, but, but you know Bud Bowl was the you know best ad campaign ever of all time. But that, but that's the point. That's the real point is, is what other event could turn that horses and beer into a into a national spectacle. That that that's a perfect is a per- perfect. The I commercials guess. are certainly part of the Super Bowl the, and, the, and, the and the ad campaigns yeah. and, and the and the performances and who's performed and it's just, it's amazing the spectacle that it has become and the parties. That's why back to why is it on the right night? Should the biggest sports party of the year be on a Sunday night? No, it should be on a Saturday night. So, but it's it's, it's amazing stuff. Particularly since you have the buy, like. I would understand Sunday if you didn't have the bye week, but you, they don't need 14 days to play this game. So play it That's on, right. keep the bye, and play it on a Saturday night. Yeah, I, I, the first couple years of that would be, the first few years would be clunky because it would just feel wrong, but I hear you. You'd get adjusted pretty quick. It, it must. I mean, obviously, it must. there must be network executives that are like, absolutely not, Saturday well, night is ratings poison well, well, for us well and it, we're just not doing well it, it is it, i mean i can tell you more tv people say that's the night nobody watches television now again this would be the exception to the of, rule well of course game, it would of course there's no yeah. question it would be the exception. but i'm I get, sure I get there. the yeah. nfl games that are in the playoffs yeah. wild card week and yeah. divisional round that yeah. are on saturdays do incredibly well yeah compared to other saturday programs sure yeah, and, and i don't pretend to understand that either but you're right it would be the exception of course it would be so but uh but anyway it's an amazing spectacle again you always hope the game lives up to all the stuff I think this one will. Uh, Feels like it. Because, yeah, of just the talent that both rosters have. All right, let's talk a little golf when we come back. I'm going to talk more about the specific game, a little about college basketball, some college football. we got all kinds of stuff. We're loaded up with stuff today on the program. But when we come back, Lee Smith is the executive director of the, the uh, Players' Championship. He will join us on the program, talk all about this year's event and more. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks here at the uh, Players on a Best Bet Monday, and our friend Lee Smith, who's the executive director, joins us now. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Good Looking to see forward you. to You know, kind of a mix of yeah. – uh, anxiety, nerves, yeah, yeah, yeah. and excitement all into all into one cocktail. I get it. I get <laughs> it. I get it. Well, thanks for having us out. We had a wonderful time today, Good. as we always do. We, we love coming out here. All right, so this your your first rodeo in all this. Now, again, for people that don't know, Lee's worked for the tour for 20 years, so the tour stuff isn't new to you. But this is new. Absolutely. Is new. Absolutely. What's year one been like? Catch us up on, on what's expected, what didn't, what did you not expect? How, what's it been like? Yeah, you know, personally, uh, moving down to Northeast Florida has, has been fantastic. Um, just the neighborly spirit and kind of communal way has has been very welcoming. And, and maybe it's a little more obvious moving from New Jersey, but, um, <laughs> you know, coming down here is, is, is really good. Professionally, the same. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's good to have the experience and have some friendly faces around the building to right. – bounce thing off bounce things off but um you know matt and jared is as much as i'd like to take as much credit away from them as i can (laughs) um you know they've done a really good job of of setting the stage and really building a foundation for this event to to continue to grow our team's awesome the volunteer base is 
you know, cemented. So it's it's been a lot of fun to, um, you know, really observe a lot initially um, and then create a, a laundry list of, of items of, of where I can kick in the door a little bit and, and put your own personality on it also. Did you guys have favorable conditions weather-wise in terms of the winter for uh, leading into the tournament? Yes. Yeah, the golf course is in really good shape um, right now with, with about five weeks now till we open the gates, you know, like anything, just a few perimeter areas to, to fill in um, and Mother Nature to cooperate with us on the last, you know, 30 days to where we can control moisture on the golf course as opposed to – it control us, but um, I think we're really, really happy with where the golf course is right now for sure. So fans who've been coming for a long time, is there anything new that they haven't seen before? Yeah, I, you know, I would start with uh, the 50th anniversary. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I've teased Jared that, you know, 42 through 49th anniversary means a little means nothing. I get the 50th, <laughs> so he, he may have left one year early. But, um, you know, the 50th anniversary, being able to inside the ropes – um, and on our broadcast, uh, be able to lean into the top 50 moments and uh, some on-site branding and those types of things. We have a, a retail logo that is, is really cool and has been well-received uh, that we'll have inside our fan shop. <clears throat> uh, and then a lot of stories that uh, we've, we've gone down the rabbit hole that uh, maybe are, are untold. Uh, we went up to Atlanta Country Club. Uh, and uh, are hosting their leadership down here during the week of the event and uh, over at Sawgrass Country Club where the tournament was played for, for uh, yeah. you know, the late 70s and, and early 80s. Um, so it's, it, we're, we're excited about, you know, celebrating that milestone in the right way. The, the only unfortunate thing is in the ecosystem with which we live, uh, 50 years isn't that old, you know, I think. <laughs> Trust the, me. <laughs> Trust you know, me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're, but we're excited. I think that um, – and then outside the ropes, Lauren, uh, the Intracoastal Club is, is really something that we're excited about. Uh, over on 12 and 13, it's really kind of a golfer's heaven over there. You know, 16, 17, 18 gets a lot of fanfare, but the backside of the golf course there, 12 and 13, a drivable par four for the, for the professionals and then a, a really fun and cool par three that that particular venue, which is kind of our entry-level uh, premium – uh, venue for for those that want an upgrade from the um, from the stadium pass, they're they're going to be excited to to be in that venue. It's a fun product. Lee is a is a longtime golf pro. You see golf differently than not only we do, but probably didn't than Matt and Jared did. The golf course, how special it is. What jumps off the page for you? Seventeen is the obvious answer because that's the yep. signature hole. You talked about twelve. Hayes and I talked beforehand. People don't go for it as often as you would think. The best thing that probably shocked us is they're not going for it. Now, on Sunday when it's a Hail Mary and you're down three three shots. But what about this golf course to you? Highlights for as, as good as you are at golf and as long as you've been a golf pro. What jumps off the page for you? I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think um, how not only has the stadium aspect of the golf course evolved in yeah. that, you know, when the when the golf course was built, the natural terrain was built for – people to bring towels and blankets and sit on the side of hills and, mm -hmm. and watch golf and, and get a good view doing it. You know, nobody wants to do that anymore. You know, they want an experience and they want to eat the food that they eat throughout the year. And so, you know, outside the ropes, I think the evolution of the golf course has, has changed that way. Inside the ropes, I think what, what strikes me is that the golf course hasn't changed all that much. Um, 
you know, it was intentionally built for 144 players. It was intentionally built with right-to-left holes followed by left-to-right holes when people hit cuts and hit draws. You know, it just, it just absolutely doesn't favor anybody. And I think you look down our, our roll call of, of winners, and it speaks to that. We've had short hitters win. We've had long hitters win. We've had putters win. We've had left-to-righters, right-to-lefters. Um, and probably what we hang our hat on most is we've never had a back-to-back champion. Um, which, you is know, I think, which is amazing. But you got a strong years. contender this year. Yeah, yeah, That's do. right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I, you know, I, and one thing that I learned um, was not only was the golf course built for 144 players, but the, f- the way the front nine starts and the way the back nine starts, those were intentionally built to not favor anybody. You know, number 10 and 1 are very similar. Mm-hmm. Number 2 and 11 are very similar. Um, and then you've got a par three and a drivable par four, and then a and then a par three and a and a short par four. So like I never the thought first about that. four holes on both sides, whether you start on the front nine on Thursday and back nine on on Friday, um, you know, was even built not to favor anyone, which I you know I think is um, you know something that when it was designed is a really cool feature of the golf course. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's but, really but, I mean, cool. but think about it if you you know three and four. And kind of interchangeable. Twelve and thirteen yeah. are f- are flip flop, but other than that, the first four are identical. Yeah, I never very th- very I, similar. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's a great point. We know the field will be fantastic, but the world of the sport is changing so dramatically. Is there any chance that you, with the merger, possibly that uh, any competitor, live or P- will be able to compete at the Players Championship, or probably too early for that? Yeah, I, I, d- I don't think uh, this year. Um, that will will be possible. Um, I think we're we're excited. Go back to the announcement of <clears throat> uh, last week, and the strategic sports group is certainly something that we're really really excited about. Um, not only about the investment, but um, you know the unanimous unanimous vote by the players. Um, you know the two hundred plus years of people that we're partnering with. I mean, when you've got Arthur Blank and yeah. and John Henry and Sam Kennedy and you know, those groups that, that believe in your product uh, and are excited about the future of golf, they're not, you know, they're not putting money in as charity. They're, yeah. they're expecting a return. So that, that's an exciting part. What, what will keep going, as I understand it, is, is in the negotiations with uh, Liv and, and PIF, but um, with the understanding that there's going to be some regulatory opportunities if and when that's an agreement that could, you know, last 12 to 18 months. So it still could be a – a long uh, slog after a, after an agreement comes, but um, to your point, we're we're excited about the field. Um, you know, you've heard all of us uh, talk about the strongest field in golf, and um, not, I, I saw a data point the other day that 95 percent of our field will have fully exempt status on the PGA Tour uh, or the DP World Tour, and that's you know that's a, an astonishing stat to to think that that many players will be fully exempt on both of those tours. It's, uh, you know, we're excited to, to have the field. But, you know, again, it goes back to, to playing the golf course and catching that week. We, we fingers crossed, but we've got a great list of winners that, you know, seem to, after 72 holes, rise to the top here. Do you want a repeat winner? Would that be kind of cool for the 50th anniversary? I think it always depends on who it is, candidly, if I, yeah. I say that that personally. Um, but, no, it certainly would be fun to have the, um, you know, number one player in the world, number one, uh, you know, on the Olympic rankings and those types of things to, to defend his title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the same time, there's some 
big time players out there that would uh, that you know I think are in need maybe of a of a players championship to fill out a resume or or to complete another you know big time title on their on their docket. Give us some young guys. Give us some young guys. You've got your eyes on. We all watch Sam Burns. We all know so. But is there any yeah. any newcomers that, that that have your attention? Well, certainly Victor Hovland. I mean, yeah. if if you even call him a, a young guy, yeah, he's a young but, guy, but, but he's he been around. He but counts. He's, yeah. he's been around a yeah. while. You know, he's he's certainly one. I think um, you know one that's that's new that that uh, probably play their way on is the uh, Adrian De Chassart that okay. came out of yeah. Illinois and um, and and won you know the event on the Corn Ferry Tour. So certainly Ludwig uh, Oberg is. Um, you know, had had a chance to win if it wouldn't have been canceled this week. Uh, out at Pebble, is is certainly an exciting one uh, to to keep your eye on. And you know, I consider young now. Yeah. <laughs> Late teens, You're early twenties. Right. It, it yeah. is because <laughs> that's know, what that's a, where the game is. I mean, I right. mean we, we've had this talk on our air that golf is like every other sport now. It's going to be harder for the thirty-four-year-old guy to compete. Didn't used to be hard for the forty-four-year-old guy to compete. Mm-hmm. Now it's harder for, isn't it? It's harder for the 34-year-old guy. Well, how, how many sports had, you know, had the pay your dues type of thing? You either sat right. in football or you yeah. you slogged it out in the in the minor leagues before you got called up for four or five years. And, and, and probably rightfully so because they weren't ready. You know, golf did the same thing. But, you know, I think Tiger introduced a new age that said, look, I, if I can win in college, if I can win in the mini tours, I can win anywhere. Um, give me the right week, and they're they're just not afraid. Right. Um, I was watching the my idea film study uh, as professional athletes yeah, do is yeah. watching last year's final round, and Scotty Scheffler stood on number twelve, I think, with a five shot lead. That uh, and even the broadcasters were talking about nobody in their right mind would hit this up towards the water. Like right. you're going to pick a club that's not going to get to the water. Uh, and he hit three wood just right of the green, got up and down for birdie to extend the lead to six. Like yeah. I think that's the uh, that's the mentality that you have to have is is much more aggressive than conservative these days. That's the thing that I think makes golf so captivating is uh, this generation seems way more equipped to handle success. You don't like when we talk about guys not getting it done late in majors. I mean, you have to go back. 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, Greg Norman at the Masters. You know, it's th- mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time ago now. And it does seem like this generation of player, they're able to block that out. And that's really, I think, awesome and, and adds to the potential drama and shot making. No question. I mean, I think they're ready to win right away. Um, you know, I think sometimes you playing in a, at a junior level, maybe sometimes – People accelerated too fast and went to a level that they didn't learn how to win first. And I mean, there's a there's a, a key to learning how to win to play in playing those last three holes, six holes, nine holes, especially here with the last three holes. But um, playing with a lead or or being aggressive and and you have to have had been there before. I mean, you look at like you say the major champions that um, at least get in that cauldron of of pressure, learn how to win. And I think a lot of uh, groups are doing that, whether on the college level or on the on the pro level. Lee, with it being the 50th anniversary, this this kind of this conversation comes up every so often. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Any uh, any momentum for the tour just to say the Players Championship is now a major. It's 50 years old. We've got a, a great group of champions. Uh, look at the prize money that we consistently have. Look at where our sport is, and we feel like this is a major. Uh, it, it, is that 
on the table at all, or, or is it just you guys are happy with where it sits in the Pantheon? Yeah, I would say probably the latter. Um, we're, we certainly like to, to think that there's a lot of differentiators about our event that we're more of a one-on-one uh, in, instead of a group. I mean, certainly when you define the word major, significant, important, uh, I think we qualify. Absolutely. A $25 million purse, the largest in PGA Tour history. I think the, the players would tell you that, that we qualify. And has its own requirement in the Hall of Fame. Yes, yes. But but how, you know, who, who decides what's a, what's a major and what's not? Obviously, the U.S. Amateur used to be a major, and then it kind of um, – you know, transitioned. We're, I, th I think we're, we're really happy with, with where we are after 50 years, but at the same time, um, you know, the, there's only one other event that's played, you know, at this level at the same course every year, you know, that's, that's certainly something we take pride in. Um, that particular event, I, I wouldn't say has the community neighborly and, and local buy-in that, that this event does. Um, but at the same time, I think we want to continue to grow and, and continue to, to, to take it regional and national and, and global in a lot of different ways. We want a lot more people flying into Ponte Vedra and Jacksonville to, uh, to, to take on the experience and, and see it firsthand because I think we do stack up against any other sports and entertainment experience. I totally agree. How much time will you spend looking at your weather app between now and Tuesday when it all oh starts? It's a, it, it, between, I mean, there's the Farmer's Almanac, <laughs> what they predict <laughs> yep. in 24. Right. Yep. Uh, already laying out, uh, you know, my scripting of what I'm wearing on Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> and pulling out what, what Jordans are going to go with what. So, no, absolutely. It's, uh, it is a, a major focus on the weather. My, uh, you know, today it said the sun was going to come out a little bit, and i and Frank, you would know better. It did not come out. Okay. I can attest it did not come out. Uh, so, yeah, my, my, uh, I think my job was not weather on, on local media day. It was the week of the players. So, That's no, right. we, will, we will be focused on that for sure. Lee Smith, executive director of the, uh, of the players. We're looking forward. You're going to have you on every week. We'll talk about different aspects of it. Yeah, look forward to that. I always like we, – we, uh, we have an – I said argument. We go, maybe we did this with you before. Do you have a hardest hole? Is there, in your mind, is there a hardest hole? Uh, I would see, probably say either 14 or 18. See, to me, it's not even close. I think, I think, I mean, for a hack, 10 handicap golfer, I think 14 is terribly hard. Yeah. Now, some people say 18. Some people say five, right? But mm -hmm. five and seven are both hard golf holes. But 14, I think, is, is, is it's all, it would be a signature hole if you didn't already have so many signature holes. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, 14 is is yeah. is brutal. I mean, you can bail out to the right, but then right. you've you're going to have an uneven lie of some kind right. if you miss yeah. you know the the bushes and then if you bail out to the left, obviously there's water and and a bunker over there and anything left half of the fairway, right. you're taking it over the trees to, no to get to the green yeah. and if you're doing that from 200 yards, right. us us mere mortals can't hit it 200-yard shot over a tree. Yeah, he um, actually can, but I can't. Okay, he's talking. He's, he, you got to hit it around. He's talking about others, so, but, uh, hey, hey, we look forward to having you on every week. I, I appreciate great. you stopping by. Thank you very much. Lee Smith, Executive Director of the Players' Championship. Back in a moment from the TPC Sawgrass uh, Clubhouse after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. 
It is a Best Bet Monday here. We are live at the Players' Championship Clubhouse. Big game specials and giveaways at all Best Bet locations come up this Sunday, February 11th, during the big game, which we're going to talk about now. All three of us last week said we're not betting against the Chiefs. We are we're just, we've learned our lesson. We're going with Patrick Mahomes. We're going with Andy Reid. Any movement whatsoever in a week? No, but I think it's going to be a really good game. I, I, I'm very excited about the game itself beyond the event. Um, and I really want to know the aftermath of it, where we stand. We've already had this conversation. Patrick Mahomes has become Michael Jordan. He will solidify that if he wins the damn thing again, and I think he, I think we all think he's going to. But if they don't win, wh- who are the 49ers? Just a one-off? Because I don't think so. I think the 49ers are around to stay, too. It felt like the Eagles were, and then poof, they were gone. I, I, I thought the Eagles – didn't it feel like the Eagles were built? Absolutely. Then poof, poof, well, gone, poof, gone. Through half of the season they were built. That was Correct. the crazier part. They went from in the Super Bowl, best team in the NFC, great point, 10-2, and two, and then you blink, poof, gone, coach on the hot seat, gutting the staff, what happened? I mean, that's how quickly it happened, which is amazing. Lost to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks in the playoffs. And, and everyone well, saw it coming. In a game, yeah. it, was, in a game it was almost like the five versus the 12. In a yeah. game. And everybody, when the bracket comes out, says the 12 is going to win. Correct. Lost to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks in a game. Everybody thought they were going to lose. So, so, But now I think the 49ers are built. I think I don't know that Nick Sirianni is a great coach. I think he's a good leader and the right things happen. I think Kyle Shannon is a pretty good coach. So I think that's different. Um, Just – and their I, second Super Bowl yeah, with the 49ers. Pretty I, good. Yeah, that is good. And I think this guy – I think there's something to this guy, Brock Purdy. I know he's different, but but when he ran for those first downs in that game, that changed my thinking a little bit. I mean, he's he's more of today's guy than he gets credit for being. You know, we, we – and so we don't see him run fast like Josh Allen, and he's not 6'5", 240 like Josh Allen, so we think he can't be – he's pretty athletic, man. You know, he, he's – I, I just, I just think uh, so. So, I think to your point, I think the Chiefs are going to win, and I think the the Mahomes becoming Michael Jordan conversation is just going to heighten. But if they don't, I don't think the the Forty ers are one year wonders. I think they found something with this quarterback. I think they found something with this coach. They've got really good weapons. I, you know, better this stuff better than me. But I assume Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey and Kittle are all signed up. Are they, are they? I think they're signed up. I think the question I would have is age. You know, like yeah. how, how much longer can McCaffrey do it at this level? I agree. Um, but in a position that gets old fast. Correct. Good point. But other than that, yeah, I mean, but I mean, there, it's, there's a, any it's certainly the weaker lose? conference. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I I think from a cap standpoint, and you yeah. don't hear rumblings yeah. about boy, they better win Sunday because they pretty Correct. much this is going to be the last You'd never run. hear that. Well, because so, their quarterback's so cheap right so now. So cheap. Yeah. That's, well, the, that's, that's part of the great thing, point. and Mahomes obviously the opposite of that. That's a great point. They don't have a lot of money invested in their quarterback yet. Yeah, now, look, uh, game manager or not, you win enough, you're going to get paid. But for today, they don't have to. And, and, and look, they made deadline deals. They went and got Chase Young. Everybody talked about Chase Young. They're the team that went and got him. You know, so only one team went and got him. And, and yeah, Chase Young opposite Bosa. With 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 Fred Warner in the middle, and Greenlaw, who's a better player than anyone gives him credit for, and a decent secondary. Yeah, yeah. There, there's. I mean, they're built for a while. So, so what if they do win, Hayes? What if if the Forty ers do win? Are we all of a sudden saying, uh oh, uh oh, here comes dynasties used too often, but here comes contender for a while? I think so. I mean, the Shanahan's would become uh, an immortal football family. 
because uh, I don't know that we've had a father. I mean, Mike won two, uh, so Kyle would have one. Uh, so I mean, that's that's a great point. Remarkable. Uh, so the Shanahan's would be in that conversation with the you know the Mannings for how they played, but uh, we we've just never seen that. Don Shula had you know sons that tried it, and uh, so I think that would be really interesting is to see the Shanahan family legacy and its imprint on uh, championship football uh, at the NFL level. Um, it certainly Brock Purdy becomes one of the most unbelievable stories. I mean, he already is, but this puts a, a, cup, a couple exclamation points on that. Peter King did an excellent job talking with Kyle Shanahan uh, for today's Monday morning quarterback. And uh, they went through the whole day that, that he was selected. And I never knew this, but – the 49ers comp pick, Mr. <laughs> Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, was because the Jaguars signed C.J. Beathard. How about that? And they got a seventh round, like the throwaway comp pick. pick, because C.J. Beathard signed a fairly inexpensive deal, but a deal right. uh, in free agency with the uh, Jaguars. And yeah. they had to convince themselves, really, well, Kyle Shanahan had to convince people to select him because they had just taken Trey Lance, oh. to your point. Yeah. Peter King did a great job exposing that. And how many... I, and I thought about this too. How many Jackson darts are there out there that are just good college quarterbacks? Kyle Trask, although he went higher, he's a bad example. But Jackson darts out there that are good college quarterback, damn good college quarterbacks, win a lot in college that nobody thinks can make it in the NFL, and then maybe get a chance because of what this guy's doing. There, there's a, there's a, there's so many of. There's so many Jackson darts out there, aren't there? And it does make you wonder about guys that maybe had something but were never – the dominoes never fell in their right. favor. Right, right. Uh, I mean, again, we talk about Gardner Minshew Absolutely. a lot this way. I mean, he's the ultimate – has gotten pretty much every break you could ask for in terms of being able to play football and show that he can play, and he, and he can play. Uh, I mean, played immediately as a rookie, as a six-round rookie, because Foles gets hurt, and everywhere he's been – the starter has usually succumbed to injury, and Gardner's been able to get in. But, I mean, who knows if – what if Gardner Minshew's the six-round pick here? Nick Foles never gets hurt. Uh, he's here for a couple years. Then the Jaguar, he doesn't make the 53, and it floats around, never really gets a chance. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to sell – Brock Purdy's had a much better career so far than Gardner Minshew, although I do think if you put Gardner Minshew on the 49ers, he'd have success. But, but the point is you need breaks – and some players get them, and some players don't. And it does, to your point, how many Brock Purdy's could there be coming? It also makes me wonder how many guys maybe could have had that impact but never got the chance. Yeah, I have always wondered that. How do you determine whether or not a quarterback is going to be successful? And Brock Purdy even, they said he doesn't have great practices, but then all of a sudden he'll go out and play incredibly well in games. But if you're only evaluating a quarterback on their practice, how do you know whether or not to give them the chance? I think it's a great question. But I do think this Super Bowl, if the 49ers win, it changes how people view Brock Purdy forever. No game manager will ever again be attached to his name. I agree with that. And, and, I, and he's a young guy. So yeah, and they could have made it to the Super Bowl last year had he not gotten hurt. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really does make me wonder now, the way this season played out, what if – and, and that's not fair to the Eagles to say they wouldn't have been there because they, they earned their, their, their place in the Super Bowl last year. They had a really good team. And to your point earlier, Lauren, they started out really well this year. But now seeing the way it all played out, what if he didn't, get, what if he didn't hurt his elbow? I mean, for people that forget this, they changed the rule because of that. 
They now have a rule where you can dress a third quarterback as an emergency quarterback if he's on your 53 because all of a sudden in the, mo- in the biggest game of the year in NFL football until the Super Bowl, a team had to play a game without a quarterback. I mean, it was never happened. Yet they had to play a game without a quarterback. And, and his el- he, he hurt his elbow in such a way that he could not play. Well, that's a great – what if he could have played? Who, who knows? Now in retrospect, and again – Give the Eagles credit. They deserve that. But in retrospect, who knows? And I know we've had Super Bowl rematches, but when was the, would the last one have been Cowboys-Bills? It seems like it. I mean, it seems I can't like it's remember been a any while, since then. I can't but, remember any since then. Um, because then this would be round two. Yeah, yeah. It would yeah. actually kind of be round three, but not consecutive. And who knows what would have happened. the 49ers I mean, like four yeah, years ago. Yeah, so, but, but I'll say this. Then it would be one of the all-time rivalries. Well, and, but, sure but to that end, as we come up on a break here, I also think if the 49ers win this game, the rivalry's on. What, regardless of what did or didn't happen last year, if the Chiefs win it, it's just one more team that got lined up for the Chiefs to to beat. It's just it's just the latest foe. It's the latest latest boxer that Muhammad right. Ali beat. You're, yeah, the, then, you're the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz. That's exactly right. Bulls. That's exactly. Yeah. If they lose, that's who they are. Yeah. They're, 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 they're the point, Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz to George. But if they win. Then you have a real rivalry. Mahomes has only lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So if they beat the 49ers, it's yeah. still the only loss that he has is to Tom Brady. Interesting stuff. We'll take a break. More in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I'd always hope for better, but maybe together. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Luke Combs put Tracy Chapman up on a pedestal last night. You just heard the song from the Grammys. And if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing, highly recommend it if you haven't. I've watched it many, many times already, and it gets better every single time. I just thought it was fantastic. I will will follow and learn about Luke Combs. I just because I think, again, I'm the guy. I didn't like that he did it. I, I, I didn't like it. And, you know, I'll tell you a story. Related or not, the um, John Ward was a legendary play-by-play voice of Tennessee. Legendary. Legendary. And really old southern gentleman. And his big, his call was give him six. Give, did you remember that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Give him six. And uh, and that was that, and he was known for that. You know, we all the catchphrase thing. So, Florida was wearing out Tennessee one of those years, and Mick, when it was one of the one of the blowouts, toward the end of the broadcast, said, 
the Gators scored again. They were way up on Tennessee. He goes, give him six. And Mick caught hell for it because for, for mocking the great John Ward. And his answer was, I wasn't mocking him. I was, I was trying to pay homage to him. And maybe we shouldn't have done it during a Florida-Tennessee game. The Florida's winning big. But it wasn't to mock. It was He's one of my idols, and they, they were friends. And John Ward was totally okay with it. Well, fast forward to this. I never thought Luke Combs was doing anything bad. People do covers all the time. But I thought that song was so visceral, so real, so important that I didn't think, honestly, some modern-day white country guy could do it justice. That's just my opinion. And it learned, and you, I think you're the first one to said it. Hey, when you were talking on the show one day, said that, said he is paid great respect to Tracy Chapman. Well, a poor, upon upon further review, what we've what we've learned and should have known all along is he made her relevant again. He made her important again. He made the song important again. And and you could see last night, Lauren, to your point about putting her up on a pedestal. That was kind of his intention. Now, look, his intention is to have a hit and make a lot of money, and and because that's that's his job. But beyond that, I thought I thought I showed reverence to her and deference to her, the word you used when we started the program, that I thought was just really cool. Well, and it was his favorite song growing up. So, and I can certainly and I didn't know that. I and that's what a lot of people probably didn't. And I can relate to that because that was by far one of my favorite, probably top three songs growing up too. And. And Hayes, there's something in her voice that there's hope in that song, right? And I think Luke Combs did his very best to, to try and convey all of that. And when you are younger and listening to that song, that line to me, the maybe one day, you know, I can be someone, be someone, be someone. Like I, that, when you're a kid, like you have such hopes and dreams. And I think he's done a really good job adding to what she had already laid out as one of the most beautiful songs. And that's the beauty of music is that it can be shared by the generations and a new generation can discover it because of one of their artists has sort of introduced it to them. The message of the song still absolutely resonates today. Obviously it's about a young couple, uh, you know, trying to find their way in life. Uh, it's struggling in many areas and trying to figure out, do we stay here where nothing's ever going to happen or do we make the big move and, and try to go become something? And as they continue to debate it, the Tracy, you know, Chapman's partner kind of falls back mm-hmm. right. and loses his ambition or, and, and she kind of then has to make the yeah. call of, I got to go on my own. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful well. song. And, and one that I, I think today, I mean, you, you know, with, with the struggles that, you know, k- kids in their young twenties, mid twenties have getting their, getting established in your career and your life and, adulthood i think it uh i think it really strikes a chord uh still today well and, and look at mia o'brien <laughs> bringing goods love goodies. it she's thank you goodies. she's got goodies i love your hat this, this brand is yeah. it's called flow motion it's yeah. a it's a florida brand yeah. so we're, we get some good stuff here very good stuff thank how'd you, you play Gee. She, she had a great yeah get I, on here yeah i thought i thought i thought i never i thought i never played with mia before yeah well, i mean did a great job she's i, I can't tell me times that uh, the, the guys hit first. Mm-hmm. We had two guys and, t- and two women, Mia and Brooke from uh, 904happyhour.com. And I can't tell you, you know, it's a shamble, so you, you play the best drive. I can count four or five times the guys were hit a little longer maybe, were left or right, and we needed Mia or Brooke, Mia more than anybody, 
hit it down the middle or we were in trouble, knocked it right down the middle. Nice. I thought you had a good and then I go. promptly would stub the very next shot not for, my, for my not ball. Every, not for, every uh, time. With the good old five and four wood that's supposed to be my saving I thought, grace. I, with thought my golf you, game. I thought you hit it great. Thank I you. I appreciate it. As I told some of the media colleagues in the reception, uh, my most consistent round of golf despite 50 degree weather um, that <laughs> yeah. I've played yeah. at this course. So we will take it. Did yeah. you like how the course looked? Yeah, obviously, of course. It, you know, it's I, what, what more can you ask for? Yeah, yeah. Um, we played it two years ago in yeah. pouring rain, yeah. and this, I mean, all things considered, I mean, it looks beautiful. I know there are those who are still so loyal to May and what the Bermuda grass brings, but I just think the March weather, maybe it's you know being around St. Patrick's Day, which once again the players is. I don't know, maybe that bodes well for Rory. Um, but the green is just so rich that we, we were just talking it's about insane. It. Yeah, I, I'm look. There's no bad time to play it. I probably prefer May. I've I've always said that, but March is pretty special too. And it, it, it was good out there. It was it, it was cold. It never got warm today. We it was it cold. It actually got worse when I went it out did. It to uh, to tip our caddy. It actually uh, yeah. somehow was colder uh, yeah. than it was when we were out on the course. It, it, so it, as the day went on, it got cold. Yeah, and even yeah, some of my friends that are staffers here at TPC Sawgrass yeah. said that the next two days are supposed yeah. to be a little bit more frigid out here. Yeah. So glad we got in uh, yeah, in on we, Monday. I thought you hit it great. Thank I, you. I, I, I appreciate I, 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 I that. Hit it great. It was the first time me and I ever played together. So uh, that's cool. So I thought she thought she. We were just great. talking about the Grammys. And, oh, uh, yeah, Tracy Holmes Chapman, and Tracy Luke Chapman. Holmes. It was an oh. amazing, amazing performance to the point that I felt really bad uh, as a big Luke Combs stand for years. Like Lauren's, you know, the OG when it comes yeah. to Luke Combs stand, but I've been there since 2019. And uh, I had like nine friends text me, but I was FaceTiming with my parents going over my taxes. Um, and so, <laughs> and so like, I like get off the phone. And I had like nine people text me and I'm like, oh, what is this about? And, uh, and then Kevin was like, it's all right. Like, I didn't want to interrupt you. So I said, we'd watch it on YouTube. Um, but we did stay up because, you know, we had to see, you know, who win album of the year and we Ooh. were not disappointed. I mean, look, look. four time winner yeah. of that now. Well, the best part is, Hayes, she wins pop vocal album of the year. And even though, you know, she obviously knew there was competition for overall album of the year. What other artist, what other celebrity in this day and age can say, thank you so much for this award. You know, I'm the most decorated, whatever. P.S. My new album comes out April 19th. Like, I don't know how many people can do that, you know, and. And then she gets on a plane to Japan. She's going to take another plane back from Japan Saturday night to make the Super Bowl. It's. Look, I know there are haters yeah. out there. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. She's going to keep on shake, shake, shake. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, yeah. But, but, but let me go one back. One other thought about the Tracy Chapman yeah. point yeah. before you. You made a point about, about uh, this young couple. Well, but what the story also tells is the challenges of young women, yeah. of a young woman uh, in that setting. That her mom had to say, her, her mom. Her mom left. Up her and mom left. left the dad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so she took care of her dad. Broken down. Yeah. And so, yep. so she, so, and now she's almost having to do it again. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, because of a, his alcoholism. It's a, yeah. right, it's a yeah. real and it's visceral. And it was, and me, I told the story earlier. I did, I'm not a country music fan, so I don't know anything about Luke Combs. But I didn't like the fact that he did this cover because I thought it was a ripoff. But I've gone full, I've gone 180 degrees now. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. What he did is he made Tracy Chapman relevant again. He made the song relevant again. He made the message and the moment relevant again. And and I thought he was so, uh, to use Lauren's word, deferential to her yes. during that performance last night that it was magical and I'm going to be a fan of the guy. Yeah. And I don't know if I like his stuff or not, but I'm going well, to give it a chance. You can see him in concert the week before you yeah. see George Strait no, and Chris Stapleton at the I stadium. I don't know if I'll do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I'll do that. You and Hayes are welcome. Yeah. Hey, if you want, I don't want to be that guy. But uh, I may or may not have four tickets I'm selling. Wow. So two. 
to Luke Combs. No, I don't know that. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for the <laughs> well, offer. Well, because here's the thing. Yeah, Lauren has heard this story. I'm putting the call to action out there. So anybody who needs to hit me up, let me know. Uh, bought the tickets to Luke Combs. My sister's wedding ceremony, because the wedding is in August, but she's doing the ceremony in May. Uh, was supposed to be Sunday, May 5th, but she says to me, I really want to go see Luke Combs, so I'm going to sign up for the Jacksonville pre-sale too. And if I get him, then, you know, we'll figure out the wedding part, but we're going to go to Luke Combs. And I said, sure, sounds good. So she doesn't get pre-sale, I do. Buy the tickets for Saturday night, and uh, now she will be having her wedding ceremony the next day. So I cannot go to the Saturday night ah, show. Okay. However, in the plot twist of all plot twists, then they announce the George Strait show the next week. Yeah. And my mom turns around and says, actually, I'm going to fly down for that show. Can you get me tickets for that? So uh, <laughs> so if anybody wants to flop four for four, uh, let me know. Well, I am, trade. I am so very much well, there you go. available. And, so. and a concert to be named later. Yes. Yes. Absolutely, guys. Take care. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's get into Gator basketball. Tough loss to the Gators on Saturday. We'll discuss it after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. 24K day at Best Bet Jacksonville is this Friday, February 9th. Best Bet is giving away $24,000 from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. Again, 24K day is this Friday at Best Bet Jacksonville. Did you see that Bruce Springsteen performed the other night? No. Oh, okay. At the Grammys? He performed with Bon Jovi, I think, like, a couple nights before the actual Grammys. Okay. They did a they couple songs together, and they did you S- Who Says You Can't Go Home. Oh, they did? They did. I did not know that. Okay, yeah. Where was that at? That is a good question. I read all, all right. this, Great and I song. watched it the other night, but this would have been Friday night, so it's been a couple days. This is a song, Hayes that Bon Jovi did with Jennifer Nettles, and it's just fantastic. And it was a fantastic duet. I One, one of my favorite male-female duets, and he did it with – he and Springsteen are big buddies, but I didn't, they're both Jersey guys. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. I didn't know. It was Los Angeles at the Music Cares Salute. Okay. So they were – I think they were honoring Bon Jovi. Yeah, they were. I thought it was like – I saw where he got honored. I saw a picture of he, Springsteen, and somebody else. There was a picture of three of them. It wasn't Bono. It was – it was it was Springsteen, Bon Jovi, McCartney. That's right. It was McCartney, yeah. McCartney, Springsteen, and Bon Jovi honoring Bon Jovi. I saw that. Yes, and so Bon Jovi had said that because Bruce's mom had just passed away, right, ninety eight year old Adele, that he didn't expect him to come. But Bruce was like, "No, I want to yeah. be there for you." And so uh, he was already headed to Los Angeles. So yeah, you'll have to go back and uh, I will, the, uh, watch I will, that. I will tell you by the way, um, half sports, half music today, everybody. Spr- Springsteen. Um, when Springsteen did the tribute to his mom during the uh, Broadway show, Broadway show, I remember that as poignantly as 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 anything he did because he, he sings the wish, which is about his mom, but he also it all his him telling the story of his mom. He says his mom got dementia, his dad died. I mean, I listen, I dad died young. It was he and his mom, and the mom got dementia, and I mean, I, again, I could relate to all that, right? And so, um. But he, uh, but when he, he said, my mom, even when she couldn't, couldn't remember anything anymore, and even when her her memory left her, she still loved to dance. My mother loved to dance. That was her gift, 
and then it led into a very soft version of Dancing in the Dark. Now, remember, the Broadway show wasn't all right. jumping around. It was very soft. Stripped down. Y- yes. And it was so, anyway, so I you saw him in what year, 2018 Eight, on summer Broadway? Of t- summer of 2018. So his mom lived for another pretty six much years. five, yeah, yeah, five, six yeah, years right. with and dementia. Yeah, and it had it 10 years, I think, was total. I think the story was 10. Okay. Uh, the Gator basketball team lost to Texas A&M. I thought that was a bad loss. I thought, number one, I thought Buzz Williams outcoached Todd Golden. I'm a big Todd Golden guy. But they went to that three-quarter court zone. Florida had no answer for it. What it did is it never turned them over. It slowed them down to where they never got into rhythm. Florida, we figured this out about them. They're best when they're running. They're best when they're shooting fast, playing fast, getting shots up. That's when they know what to win. And I thought and I thought Florida never adjusted to it. Florida had a better team than Texas A&M. You, you can watch a game and tell who's got the better team. I wasn't sure until I watched it. They had a better team. That's that's the one that got away, man. That more than, more than the losing to Kentucky when you had the big lead – more than almost blowing the leads of Mississippi State and Georgia, more than the blowout losses at Ole Miss and Tennessee, that's the one that's stuck in my craw the most because they should have won, not because they blew the 14-point lead, that's part of it, but because they had chances to win down the stretch. They scored 26 points in the second they half. They didn't score in the final 304. They scored 26 points in the second half and did not score in the final 304. This is the, the eighth-best offense yeah. in the country. Yeah, and they did not, but they never got into a rhythm. Buzz Williams, Buzz Williams won the battle. The defensive coordinator outcoached the offensive coordinator for this one for this one moment, and and by this isn't I'm not, this isn't a shot at Todd Golden. Good coaches get outcoached sometimes, but he did, and I thought you you have you have to make those plays down the stretch. You win that game, they're sixteen and six, they're six and three in the league, and there's a palpable buzz about them. That's five in a row, and everybody's buzzing about the Gators. Now they lost that moment. I thought that was a I thought that was a disappointing loss. For the floor, I thought a disappointing loss for the Florida basketball team. For me, of the seven, that's the most disappointing loss of the seven for me. I I would agree because again they don't have a bad loss and in yeah. Texas A and M that would have been a quad one win. So Texas A M's good. They're in the field in in Lenardi's latest projection. So it's not like they lost to a a bad opponent. Correct. Uh, in Texas A and M had the full week to prepare, and now you hope that helps Florida. One bad thing about it is you have to – it has to linger for a week because yeah. you don't get to play the Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday night mm-hmm. game. So you're off until Saturday when Auburn comes in. Uh, and so, I, I, yeah, I, I would agree. I do think they got a tough whistle. Now you're going to – you got to yeah. play through that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Florida is too big to ever uh, be outshot at the foul line 20-2 to two and, and a half. That That's absurd to me uh, that it could be that – the discrepancy could be that wide in a one-point game. And, uh, you know, but uh, there were a lot of things that, that crept up beyond the coaching. Uh, Florida was 6 uh, of 11 from the free throw line when they got there, and that was without Samuel or Han Logden taking one. Right. Who were your two by far worst. Right. So you can never go 6 of 11 from the foul line when it's not one of those two guys contributing to that. That was disappointing. Clayton was 2 of 8 from the field. Uh, Samuel and Hanlogged in eight points, nine rebounds combined. That's not going to be enough to get it done. So it's not a loss. It's a frustrating loss because I do think they're better, and I think they should have won the game. Uh, and so there is a definitely a giveaway feel to this. But I look at everything that went wrong, and they lost by one. So it doesn't take away from how I feel about what they can be. Uh, it actually gives me more of a belief that they will beat Auburn Saturday in Gainesville, uh, but uh, but it, it was certainly disappointing. I mean, it it was 
it was a giveaway and there were times where it looked like it might even be a route. And you have to, again, question from a mental standpoint, Florida's killer instinct. Uh, This has happened now multiple times. Big lead, can't hold it. Uh, They've been fortunate in some games to still win. But uh, but it, it caught up with them and and two good looks I thought at the end I had no problem mm-hmm. with the final possession I mean uh, right. you know Clayton's got a nice a pretty makeable shot there leaves it short they get the rebound pull in I thought had a pretty decent look uh, from three misses and and then it's just a, a scrum on the floor yeah I was disappointed by the end of the first half for Florida the way that they could have gone into halftime I think they win the game if they don't allow that seven zero run just uh, like Kentucky in just reverse. like it yep in reverse and so. That's where they they got a little soft, and so then I think certainly the second half, the woeful shooting was terrible. I said to you guys on Friday, if they can contain Wade Taylor, who was the Aggies' best player going into that game, then I think they'll be fine. In the end, they did contain him. You know they, who they didn't contain? Tyrese Radford, who, of course, some are going to question whether or not he should have even played because he was arrested the day before, but that's neither here nor there. He did play the game, and he went off for 26 points. He was the most physical player in the game. Absolutely. You have, if, the, if the other team has the most physical player in the game, again, I thought Florida – listen, I, you're right. If one team shoots 20 free throws and the other team shoots two, they're probably getting a bad whistle. I mean, that, that's common sense. But I thought – but I thought – I didn't think Florida earned many whistles. I, I, there, were, there, were, there weren't a whole lot of times when I thought, oh, my God, how do you call that or how do you not call that? A few, but, uh, but it wasn't dominated by that. Look, I mean, I, it was – there's one time Richard knocked the ball away in the lane. It would have, it would have been a fast break and a to reach in foul. I didn't like that one. Uh, and the guy missed both free throws, by the way. Well, th- there was another instance in the game. Like, to me, the officials were bad all game because there was another instance where Florida had an A&M player when it was uh, – Yes, the, the Radford. Star. Ta- it was Taylor. Wade Taylor, yeah. Goes down. Uh, yes. And Florida has a break. Yep. And they stopped the yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, Golden was furious. Yeah. You can't been. do that. Yeah. No. No, I, I, I mean, what are you doing? But Florida's got it. I agree with that. But Florida, they've got to be the aggressor more. Look, now all of a sudden you're in a position that now – I don't mean you think you've got. They're not in the tournament. Now they may they get are. in the tournament. They are actually. It's amazing. No, no, no Lenardi has them in. Lenardi has. But them I don't. Yet. Right, Lenardi has them in. But I don't know that they're in the tournament. I, now right. look, he's usually pretty close. But I don't know that they're in the tournament. I, I, there's work to do. I think. There. Oh yeah, yeah I, they, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, there's there's yeah. work to do. It, it feels like the the environment around them has sort of helped them. You yeah. know, with teams that were sort yeah. of in their yeah. range. Uh, and obviously, like we said, as disappointing as the loss is. Losing at Texas A&M, losing a quad one game is not going to devastate uh, your net. So they're they're 39th in the net, um, you know, today. But, yeah, that one in seven in quad one is yeah. ugly. It well, just is. And they've got four more uh, before they get to the SEC tournament where obviously yeah. they could have more. But for now, in the regular season, they've got four more quad one games. Home against Auburn, they play Alabama twice. And they go to South Carolina, who's 38th in the net. That yeah. could be – that's right. like the third game from the end. Right. That could be your ultimate bubble game. They still, I mean, they got to get to the twenty wins, and they got to get to the ten wins in the league. And I think that I think that's the thing. Now, they, now there, here's the good thing that came out of all this 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 last five, six, seven games. Well, they're good enough to beat Auburn Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah they're, they're they're good enough. They'll they if they're an underdog, they'll be a point or two underdog. Auburn's one in three in quad one games, yeah, yeah. so it's not like Auburn's yeah. been some juggernaut. Right. And they're, they're three and three on the road this year. So and, and Florida's very good at home. Yeah, so Florida's good. So Auburn's eighth in the net, so obviously yeah. they're an elite team in yeah. terms of the net ranking. Mm-hmm. But their road uh, yeah. stats don't, and so and, and their quad one stats don't dazzle you. The whole time we're watching that game, I'll be wishing Florida had 
gotten Janai Broom. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. He, who's still there? Yeah. Um, and by the way, you win. If you do win, you get LSU at home on Tuesday, which that game I think you're going to win. Yes. So now all of a sudden, well, now you're seventeen and seven, and you're seven and four. So again, you got another opportunity now. Right. You got. You got it. It's all they got to win that next game that gets them to that. Kentucky was a great step. Yeah. But if you beat Auburn and LSU, now you're seventeen and seven and seven and four. Well, now you're probably in. Yeah, and, and again, if, if you look at what they have remaining in terms of net ranking, they have, uh, we mentioned Auburn's 8th, LSU's 93rd, Georgia's 88th, Alabama's 5th, Vanderbilt's 226th, oh. Missouri's 136th, South Carolina's 38th, Alabama 5th, and then Vandy 226th. So they have five games left where Florida will, uh, in, if you uh, should be the favorite, should win the game. So if they go 5-0 and in those – now you're at 10, and then you probably need to go, I'd say, one in three in the quad one games. You'd like to be better than that, but one in three. Uh, you know, if you lose one of those five games that you should win, then you need to do a little bit better in, in the bigger games. But uh, I still think they're fine in terms of making the tournament. And like I said, I, I, I still like the team. I just think a lot of things went wrong on Saturday. Same here. And, and my, my hope and – what I think will happen now that they have a week off and all they're going to hear about is how'd you lose that game in college station. That's all they're going to hear all week. Uh, and they have a chance to self scout a little bit. My guess is Auburn comes in. Uh, exact tech is on fire and Florida beats them. And it's already sold out. I, I do yeah. know that as far as the Florida. And Auburn it will be game. on fire. It's yeah. And yeah. Auburn plays host to Alabama this week, yeah. this Wednesday, I think. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, back to the NFL, we'll talk a little bit about the pro bowl games, plural, uh, and a little bit more about the uh, National Football League. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football! Football at 5. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. On The Frangie Show. Pro Bowl game? I did not. Did you? Um, okay, you would have had to have clockwork orange <laughs> no. me, yeah. put me in a straight jacket yeah. with my eyes clamped open to uh, to watch the Pro yeah. Bowl. All right, so game. let me ask you. Let the me highlights. Ask. I mean, I like seeing Keenan Allen throw to Evan Ingram, yeah. sure, but I was not going to sit there and watch for hours to see that happen. So what's going? Because because we all kind of feel the same about that. So what? I mean, you heard my take on it I, last year, and I, I yeah. did my morning commentary on it as well. Have a dinner, have a celebration, have a party, have a television show, but don't. But fans show up, and the ratings are probably decent because everything NFL ratings are decent. It just seems, and I know they're trying. Listen, the NFL doesn't get much wrong. I, I'm not a. I, we're all pro NFL guys because we respect how good they are at just about everything. They're the king, and I know that, and I respect them. What they've done with the Super Bowl week, we just talked about that earlier in the program. What they've done with the draft, what they've done with free agency they've been they've done such a good job uh, training camp they, they the nfl has been so wonderfully fan friendly in so many ways but so i don't know that there's a better option i, I recommended one but i just don't know what you do here you know i what, what, what is the I, I i mean i guess i i like the idea of a of 
you know, some sort of charitable component to it. But I, I mean, I'll say like, I, I guess I'm getting to the point where like, I don't like Pokemon, you know, but like millions of people do. So I, maybe I've just sort of aged out of the demographic of what the Pro Bowl, who it appeals to. I mean, because it seems like you either have to be a diehard NFL fan who is very player centric uh, or a little kid to enjoy what this has become. Now, there could be a place for that. I mean, it's you, you can never go back to the game because of the injury factor, obviously. So, yeah, I guess doing this is fine. Uh, the players seem to enjoy it. You, you know, there hasn't been any headlines today about, you know, what a joke it was or, you know, that they were treated badly or the facility. You know, I mean, the, everybody seems to – the player's standpoint seems to be on board with it. Uh, I mean, I, I would assume the ratings will do pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've sort of gotten to a, a point with it of I don't like it. It's not my thing, but obviously do. So I, I don't know that it's probably as big a problem for the league as, as we think it is because my guess is the league's going to look at it and say, well, we've created an environment that the fans, enough fans embrace, our, in, our players are protected, you know, for the most part. Anything can happen, but you're pretty protected in this format. Uh, and uh, certainly protected from violence, uh, you know, and, and so they may feel like, again, we'll see what the, the numbers look like when they come in, but I, I think the league may look at it and say, I don't know that we have a problem here. Yeah, that's probably how they will look at it, but I don't know a single football fan who enjoyed that yesterday, who couldn't wait for the Pro Bowl games or any of the activities really throughout the week. So, yeah, I think they're getting it wrong, but I don't think they care because they had, what, 60,000 people in attendance and the there players were, seem to enjoy there were 60, it. 60,000 so, people there. I mean, it's kind of, if you're the NFL, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. And, hey, listen, I, I just uh, – I mean, did they give those tickets away? <laughs> that's I a mean, good question. I, you I do would, have to wonder. I wouldn't but, uh, be surprised if they walked through Disney yeah, and hit yeah, but, uh, but, but, Hey, listen, hey, hey Peyton's here. and I, That's uh, the only thing I can think of is that for fans – uh, you may, this is your opportunity to maybe go see your favorite player, and yeah. you know. I, so I, I kind of get that, but I, I, right. I, I am surprised by the amount of fan interest right. in it. And then I guess the question is, will that wane as this gets more and more the norm, or will this just be accepted right. by enough of the football right. community that it works? Other NFL things going on. Um, uh, Steve Belichick is going to be the defensive coordinator. Under Jed Fish at Washington. Yeah, and then it'll be a Gator next year. Does that, <laughs> does that further the belief or does it affect the belief that Bill Belichick's now done or does that have no no bearing either way? I would think no bearing either way because I, I with you now, I don't think Belichick coaches next year. I just can't imagine yeah. it at 73 Same on here. opening day at 25. He's going to be more appealing, uh, although it'll be a different group of owners hiring. I get that, but I – so I, I would think if Bill gets a job, Jed, who's close with him, would absolutely release Steve. He probably well, he didn't even have to release him. Steve will just say, hey, yeah. I'm out of here right. uh, and uh, and go. So I think, you know, Steve Belichick probably does – he yeah. he probably can't sit out. He needs a job, so I'm sure and they – he's 38 yeah, or 36 so they, or whatever. He's a young guy. They went through their Rolodex of friends and who can, yeah. who can we get Steve with. And Jed Fish said, have him come to Washington, which, look, Big Ten program yeah. – Weird to say that, but Big Ten program, national uh, runner-up, and so uh, there's a lot to like about that job for Steve Belichick, and I'm sure he'll do it for a year. He'll despise the recruiting component, 
and uh, and then he'll jump back to the NFL if his dad gets a job, or or, or he'll go with Jed Fish in three years when Jed Fish is the is the head coach of the Eagles or whoever. Because right. Jed the Florida Gators yeah. next year. Well, <laughs> I you still have yeah. to recruit there. I, I still Fish heads to the NFL, but you're yeah. right. He goes to Florida. If he, he's still a Florida guy. So anyway, um, another thought about the NFL. I think the Commanders are going to be good. I think Dan Quinn, second time around. Okay. Kingsbury there with him. I think that's a good hire. Agree or disagree? A good hire as far as Kingsbury? All of it. Dan Quinn? I think Dan Quinn will do fine. I, think, I, I, th- I can't determine if they're going to be good yet or not because I think they've shown between they don't really know who their quarterback is. They like Sam Howell. I'm not sure how good he really is. And then they traded away two of their better players this past season, so defensive players. So, to me, that's not heading in the right direction. I think Dan Quinn will be good, but I think they have to get a quarterback. I think they got some. Well, that's right. But I, I think there's something there with this. Number one, Cliff Kingsbury didn't turn out to be a very good head coach for a lot of the leadership reasons. He's a really good offensive guy. I, I, I think whoever was going to get him – um, the Raiders thought they were. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a really good offensive coach. I, I think the I think the four the four now, I think the Commanders are onto something there. Agree or disagree? Uh, I'm not as high on them as you are um, because I I'm concerned that they're not going to get the right guy at their pick because um, I do think they'll go quarterback. Um, I don't really have a, a problem with Quinn. I think you know Quinn's a competent head coach uh, who can hold it together. I. Uh, uh, the division scares me a little bit because I think Dallas is really talented. Um, Philadelphia, I think, is going through some tough times, I mean, but I think has a really good team. And the you know the Giants, you know, can they uh, can they become a threat? Um, I th- I think it'll fail, but I'm again I'm basing that on most of these things fail. So it's not anything that that you. these guys have done. Uh, but you've got a rookie GM. Uh, you've got. Uh, uh, a, a head coach that I think solid but not spectacular. And, again, to Lauren's point, it's just hard if, if you don't know who the quarterback is going to be. And I, I I don't know why they hired Kingsbury for Caleb Williams. You're not getting Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah. Like, Chicago would be yeah. moronic to right. trade that right. pick. Yeah. And, and they're going to trade Justin Fields, agreed. and they're going to take Caleb Williams. I, I, so I, who I, you should have hired – is the Drake Mayor Jane Daniels coordinator? Because <laughs> that's who you're going to be looking at. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Kingsbury's there because of Caleb Williams. I think he's there because he's a really good. But player. everybody was connected. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, were. Well, because like, it's the obvious connection. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, and I get it. If you were going to trade the yeah, pick, yeah. if you're Chicago, that would be but, the ideal. It, well, it, we'll just it, move down one. We're we're fine not to take yeah. Caleb Williams. We'll take Marvin Harrison. We'll keep and, Fields, and, and we'll pick up some extra uh, yeah. draft capital. And, but. Chicago's got to take Caleb Williams. And I no, mean, they just you, you I, have I, don't, to. I don't think there's any question about that. But back to the commanders and Quinn for a second. Remember this. Dan Quinn had the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Everyone remembers 28-3 to and how they blew it, and they blew it. He had the Atlanta Falcons. Who how many people are taking the Atlanta Falcons to Super Bowls these days? Okay. He had the Atlanta Falcons there. He's a pretty good coach, and he is that – he is that in my mind. He's that combination: Dan Campbell, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, that guy that everyone's hiring now. That 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 tough nosed leader that you respect. I think he's really good. Can I use your point against you though? Yes. His team was up twenty-eight to three, and you could say, "Good job, Kyle Shanahan," since he was the OC at the time. Dan Quinn's a defensive guy, right. and he let Brady just go down the field time after time and lost the game thirty-four twenty-eight. Well, you know the operative word <laughs> you just said. 
Brady. Yeah, okay? absolutely. I mean, that's like saying the guy's not a good coach because he let Michael Jordan go for 40. I mean, it's Jordan. You know, I mean, he had the Falcons in the Super Bowl. I, I, I will say, I think and he, what he did with the Cowboy defense. I think he's a real, I think he's a really good coach. I mean, I think next to Harbaugh, he might be the best coach that got hired in this in this rotation. I, I think. Well, he's, from a resume standpoint, I think he'd have yeah, to. Yeah, be. well, the, yeah, but uh, yeah, correct. But I, 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 I think he's. I, uh, we'll see. I, I'm very interested to see what happens with them. I'm, I don't think Sam Howell's great. I also don't think he's atrocious. Um, so we'll see. Uh, did, you watch, did you watch any of the Senior Bowl? I did watch a little of the Senior Bowl. What was your t- what, what what jumped off the page? Uh, I think well, I mean I always watch it with a Jaguars point of view. Uh, I think it's uh, I think the Jaguars are in a good position. Uh, Seventeen could have been playing somewhere this week in in Mobile. Obviously, a lot of the guys just practiced and then yeah. hit the road. Um, so I'd say uh, I you know I like where the Jaguars are with it uh, in terms of linemen and and then in the trenches. I think there's going to be a guy sitting there at 17 that they're going to either take or pass on that's going to have a nice senior bowl uh, yeah. week that, yeah. that they put together. Uh, locally, I thought uh, Pearsall was sensational. Uh, I saw one mock draft today uh, from uh, uh, the PFF guys had Pearsall going with the first pick in the second round. Wow. Now, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't think. He's going to be a good pro, but though. But that's really that good speaks be a good volumes pro. about the week he had because yeah. I haven't heard anybody talking yeah. about Ricky Pearsall is a second round pick, yeah. let alone basically right. Almost the a best, first yeah, yeah, second round pick. So, uh, you know, I think uh, that's good to see for Ricky Pearsall. He was a, he was a good Gator. I mean, he uh, wasn't his fault that the team yeah. struggled the last two years, and uh, so it'd be cool if if he got with the right NFL team and and had a nice NFL career. Yeah, if you need a slot receiver, I mean. I don't know that you're going to take him like you said that high. He's going to be a good pro, though. But I, th- I totally a, agree. He's going to be a good pro. He, 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 will, he is a he's a pro. Great hands, understands the game, route tough guy, good after the catch. He, he will be a, he, he, he will be a very, you know, everyone compares him to Cooper Cup because he's built like him, and but he'll be that kind of a player, a Christian Kirk, Cooper Cup guy that can work the middle of the field. I, I, I like him. I like him a lot as a pro. So I think he's going to wind up being a good pro. We'll see. I. And I'll tell you, look good, Fisk, the defensive lineman from yeah, FSU. Boy, is he going to be a good player. He is going to be a good player, man. i tell you what, they wouldn't have won because with Jordan Travis out, they weren't the same team, even if all the other guys played. But, man, it's a shame. I, I, we've said it a thousand times that all those FSU guys didn't get a chance to play in that tournament. It, it, it really is a shame that, I mean, Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and Fisk and Verse and – all the rest of them, it really is a shame that we didn't get to see them against those good teams in that tournament. It really is a real shame that they didn't get to – because, again, without and, – and, and, by the way, if if Travis doesn't get hurt, they might have won the damn thing. Absolutely. They absolutely might have won the damn thing. I, I think when you look back at this draft five years from now, Florida State will have the most impact from I this draft. I can see draft. that. I can see that. I think there's going to be – they're going to have, a, I mean, probably 14 guys picked. It's going to be, I would think, record-breaking yeah. for not only FSU but for the ACC and, uh, and, and, I, and we'll be up there among the, the best draft classes of all time. But, uh, but I think you're going to see four or five of these guys be really, really I do good. Too. I do too. Really good. I in the 100% NFL. agree with that. If Florida State gets in as the fourth team, Alabama's left out, does Nick Saban still retire? Yeah, good question. Who knows? My guess is that wasn't a decision made on that. So my guess is yes. We don't know. It's a good question. And look, and 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 if they had gotten in without Travis, they wouldn't have won. 
I, I, I believe that. But but I still think they should have been in and had a chance to prove prove me right right or wrong on that. But the storyline has been they belonged in, belonged in, belonged in. It should be the storyline because they did. But the storyline no one's talking about is what if Travis didn't get hurt? They might have won it. They had a good team, man. They had, I mean, with, with Jordan Travis, they had a good team. So interesting stuff. I'll take a break. Speaking of college football, um, we're going to sadly say goodbye to a former Gator who passed away. Um, and I never knew he I – don't, I don't know the story, but I'll tell you more about it. The most, the best Florida football player I ever saw that nobody talks about. The best I ever saw that nobody ever talks about. We'll do that after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Leap Day at all Best Bet locations, February 29th. Best Bet giving away $29,000 in high hands from 2 p.m. to 12 a.m., a.k.a. midnight. We're about to talk about Alonzo Johnson. One more thing about... Last night's Grammys, they showed you two in the sphere. sphere. And you've talked about it a lot, Hayes. That was my first time really watching it. Unbelievable. I can't wait to go. I've had two buddies that have now gone and said something. Yeah, I can't wait. I've heard two two, buddies. Are you going to go? Not for you two, but at some point they'll have a band. I've I've had two two buddies have seen you two in the sphere and said it's unbelievable. Two different buddies. I mean, don't know each other have told me that. If you're a Chiefs fan or a 49ers fan, you got to go to the Sphere while you're in Vegas for the Super Bowl, right? All right, Frank, you said right before the break, a great Gator that no one talks about. Tell us more. Alonzo Johnson, old-time Gators know, uh, played in the 80s. The the Florida Gator team of 84 might, to this day, might be the best team in school history. I I will say that confidently. They, if you, I, I used to say it was the best team. Now I might say... A one ninety four, I'm sorry, ninety five, ninety six, and the two urban teams are hard to beat because they were so loaded. But this team was with them. I'll, I will say this. I mean, obviously, if, if you said the O one team, which I still think is the best, the two urban title teams, particularly O eight, the ninety five, ninety six. I mean, it's hard to argue those teams. But boy, the eighty four team was good, and it was. And Wilbur Marshall was gone. Mm-hmm. So, so Wilbur Marshall was this unbelievable outside linebacker. Great, one of the greatest players in school history. Great Bears player, Super Bowl champion. You know the drill. I, I think I'm getting this right. I may be getting it wrong, but I think Wilbur was there, like eighty, eighty one, eighty two, something like that. Yeah, some somewhere in there. So well, I don't remember Wilbur being on the team. Okay, but I remember the eighty four team. Okay, so he uh, he was not on that team. So I want to say. Wilbur was there. Maybe his last year was 82 or 83. Maybe he 82. was a two-time consensus All-American in 82 and 83. Okay, so 83 is the last year. So so I think I got this right. So stay with me on this. One of those years, Alonzo Johnson was the other edge. Back then, they weren't, weren't called edges. Mm-hmm. It was three, four outside linebacker. And nobody could block – and nobody could double-team Wilbur because Alonzo Johnson was that good. Was that good. I think the next year Alonzo Johnson was suspended for the year. I may be wrong. Oh, really? I I may be wrong. Something like that. And Wilbur was just okay. Then the final year, Alonzo was back, Mm. and Wilbur was best player in America. 
So he was so – there's something. I'm getting it wrong somehow, but right. Alonzo Johnson missed a year. A little Carl Banks to Lawrence Taylor. Correct. Right. That's exactly right. He was the Carl Banks to Lawrence Taylor. Great player. And, and in the 84 team, when Wilbur was gone, that was the great team, Alonzo Johnson was the star, and Patrick Miller was on the other side, who was really good. And, but, but it was all about Alonzo Johnson. Alonzo Johnson, you couldn't block him. And I always r- wondered why he never became a great pro. I think he played in the, the pro Browns. Team. I think drafted him. Eagles or Browns. He played for the Eagles only for one year. Yeah, and oh, I really and it, some, but something was wrong. He was if he was, dude. If he was playing today, he'd be the college version of Von Miller. I mean, he was that guy. Now that he was ahead of his time a little bit, um, but I mean, he. Was, I'm telling you, Alonzo Johnson was a great player, number ninety three, man. And he was on when he was on one side and Wilbur's on the other. And again, when Wilbur was gone. He was the star, and Patrick Miller and Ron Moten were the two guys that shared the other spot, the, mo- the dad of the kid that's on the right. team now. And, uh, and I was really bummed to see that Alonzo Johnson died. He was, what, 60, I think? He was only 60 when he, he died. He was 60, and it, I'm reading that in 1987 he left the Eagles to enter a drug rehabilitation So that's what it was. So that's what it was. Yeah. So, but I'm just telling you, it had to be something like that. And, and maybe that's why – where was he from? Rutherford? Panama City, Rutherford? Panama City, Yeah, yep. he was Panama City. So. How on earth do you remember that? What well, was yes, Rutherford. Jersey number? 93. <laughs> but, but he, <laughs> that but, one was too, okay, right? <laughs> but, but I'm just telling you, he was such a great player. He was such a great, great player. And – and I forget. And I, he's the best Florida Gator defensive player you've never heard of. Right. And I can't believe people haven't heard of Alonzo Johnson. I we, had never heard of him. You had until never he heard passed of him. away over the weekend. And you had heard of him. But, heard of him, but didn't realize but how did, good he was. Correct. Didn't really remember, I, I, his impact. I mean, I remembered him being yeah, good. Yeah. I didn't, you know, but to hear Gator fans that were, right. you know, really alive. During those years, yeah. I was like seven. They're really into uh, it. They're, they're really right. into it, and and had some perspective. Yeah, uh, it was. It's been cool to, to yeah, hear about. Yeah, him. and and I and I didn't. And not so then he so and then Huey Richardson was basically right after. Huey Richardson was in ninety, so he was probably five years later. Huey, well, that's not true. Huey's last year was ninety, so you're right. You're right. He'd have been ni- he, good point. He, 87, 88, 9, 90. You're, he would have been right after. Good point. Very good point. His big year. His last year was ninety, so you're right. right. So he would have got there eighty seven. Look, Huey Richardson was a first-round draft pick. Yeah. And Huey Richardson was, was, was a good player at Florida. He went Alonzo Johnson. Yeah. Did Alonzo Johnson get drafted? I don't know. Yes. I, I, I should know that. I, he I don't was drafted in the second round, pick 48. So, okay. Wow. Okay, it's 48 overall. And, and I'm telling you, if not for the bag, remember, he's been suspended for a year. Yeah. If not for the baggage, he'd have been a first-round pick. He, I'm telling you, man, he was – Alonzo Johnson was – you know, and then we saw Bill Carr passed away, mm-hmm. the longtime athletics director who was the center, Steve Spurrier's center. Man, it just seems to be happening. It, it started for me, Lauren. You and I've had this talk a bunch. It started for me with Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, or they gave a moment to last night. Yeah. They did, but I, I wanted more yeah. than that. So maybe with the country stuff, we'll get more. But I, for well, me personally, I wanted more than just the the very brief. Well, I, I didn't know what they did, but I'll tell you this: they were never going to compete with what the CMAs did. Yeah, the CMAs when Jim Buffett died. The CMAs had Kenny Chesney and Mac McAnally sing A Pirate Looks at 40. And then they had Zach Brown and um, Alan Jackson, I think, mm-hmm. sing Margaritaville. Remember that? Back to back. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was phenomenal. It was, uh, there's no way the Grammys could have matched that. So, but, uh, but, anyway. but I thought they'd at least try, I guess. Um, and they did do tributes for other artists, but uh, not for Buffett. Uh, so Auburn, Florida beat Auburn when Auburn had Bo Jackson when Alonzo was game. on the team. First, first time they've been ranked first. So, uh, absolutely correct. 
Pat Dye's quote after the game. Do you yeah. remember it? You have a good Pat Dye voice. I love Pat Dye. Holman. Holman. It wasn't yeah, no yeah. place for no women or children. Is that what, <laughs> what a quote. <laughs> that might that be one of the awesome? best quotes in SEC football history. I can so see Pat Dye. It wasn't no place. The thing I love, he used to hear at Auburn. He at Auburn. He at Auburn. You may do that somewhere else, but not here at Auburn. Uh, that's a great quote. By the way, is that the game that forever had more NFL players than any other game? Any That game, or maybe it was the 83 game, one of those games, one of those Florida-Auburn games had more NFL players than any other game ever been played. More than the FSU-Miami game, more than – Really? I've never heard that, that before. Still holds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it held, but for a uh, while, I for a while so, it did. Yeah, um, uh, yeah they, when they won, they won 14 to 10, they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Ray McDonald was on the cover. Yeah. And it was the first time they'd ever been ranked first, and Georgia beat them. The that next was a week. fun six days. Yeah, it was. Six, and Georgia beat them twenty-four to three the next yeah. week. Yeah, I'm still angry about it that. It wasn't as close as the score would. And, have and, been. and it really, George, uh, have, do you know something about the twenty-eight to three game that I remember, or twenty-four to three game? Kerwin Bell passed for four hundred yards. Yeah. It was the quietest four hundred yards <laughs> in college football history. That's right. He passed for four hundred yards. So anyway, the great Alonzo Johnson did at the age of six. It makes me sad. I mean, he was a really, yeah. really, really. I, I my guess is I don't know this, but I'm guessing. It was always drugs or off because mm-hmm. for him to not become a great pro, right? For him to be drafted, 90, for him to be drafted 48th overall early in the second round, he was better than that. So something must have. And I know he was suspended for a year. I don't know if it was drug related. I'm going to assume since he was since he yeah. entered rehab afterwards. But he, he did. He, I guess he never played again in the pros. He did not. He never played. He was again. placed on the non-football injury list. And never played and again. Never played again. Wow, wow. sad, sad story. Alonzo Johnson, great Gator. I did at the age of 60. We'll, we'll take a break, and then I'll wrap the program with Lawrence News and Notes. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. Little Kenny Loggins for you since yeah. we are here at the Players' Championship Clubhouse, the theme song for Caddyshack. And to think you thought you were going to get scolded. Yes. Well done, RJ. We love it. All right, I want you guys to hear something that ESPN's Mike DiRocco said earlier today on Jaguars Today, and tell me... Whether or not you agree, take it away, RJ. I do think that because if not, you're creating another issue. Um, now, look, do, you, do I think Cam Robinson will be the starter in 2025? Yeah, probably not. But this team has some significant issues that they have to address this offseason. And if you do not have Cam Robinson, now you've created another issue that you have to address. Walker Little has proven he can stay healthy. I'm not necessarily sure I believe the you move Anton to left and make Cam play right, and if he's unhappy, so what? Uh, I think it kind of – he stays at left tackle, so. So there you have it. D-Rock does right. believe Cam Robinson will be left tackle next season. Uh, I think – well, if he's on the team, he's going to be the left tackle. They're not going to move Anton Harrison left tackle and move Cam. They're not going to switch their positions. Um, I'm 50-50. If it was up to me, I would try and find a way to keep Cam Robinson. He's under contract. I'd find a way to, to, to not need that $16 million or whatever the savings. My guess is this, that early in the year, during much of the year, the plan for 24 was to move on from Cam Robinson, to play Anton Harrison at left tackle, to play Walker Little at right tackle, and to find a swing tackle in the draft or whatever. I think 
my guess is that was the plan. I, I, nobody knows. Only Trent and Doug and the people in the building know. But my guess is that was the plan early on. I'm confident in saying that. But because of the way things went with the offensive line, I would not be surprised if that thinking has changed. That's my position on it. I would like to see him keep Cam. My guess is at one point they were not going to. I wonder, don't know, but I wonder if that might have changed. Yeah, it, it, it will be interesting to see, and it's a, it's a coin flip. I don't think he'll be back. I just think his availability is a real issue, and uh, <laughs> um, his availability is a real issue, and uh, I, I think that's something that, as he gets older, becomes more and more of an increasing concern, and so I would release Cam Robinson. I would thank him for his tenure here. And I would pocket the $16 million in savings, apply it to other positions. I'd move Anton Harrison, who I think has the potential to be fantastic, at left tackle. And uh, have Walker Little be my right tackle for a year. And if he plays well, then we'll have that conversation. But, it, you know, and, and yeah, go find a, a very cheap veteran swing tackle. By the way, to, to, I, I ducked the question. Hayes didn't. Um, you asked me what I think they're going to do. What I think they're going to do is what Hayes just said. What I think they're going to do is what, what you said, is move on from Cam Robinson, save the $16 million, use it somewhere else, play Anthony Harrison at left tackle and walk a little right tackle. I'm not sure that's what I would do, but I think that's what they're going to do. Hayes' point, I think that's what they're going to do. Do we have enough evidence that Walker Little is, is going to be as good as Anton Harrison was at right tackle? Well, I don't know that we do, but, I mean, I think they like him there. I, I, nothing's happened for the team to quit liking Walker Little as their potential right tackle of the future. That I do believe. I would agree. I mean, I, I don't think Walker Little has been a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I like the idea of going into training camp next year with Anton and, and really OTAs uh, with Anton Harrison get, getting every rep at left tackle with the starters, Walker Little getting every rep at, at right tackle. Again, a lot of this that I think bef befell them this season started with the Cam Robinson suspension. They never in training camp really had their lineup ever figured out. Uh, and, and then there were more injury situations that, that caused even uh, more uh, lineup fiascos. But to me, it all started with the Cam Robinson suspension. Uh, and so I just, I, I just I think, I think he's, had a, a, he's had his run here, and, uh, and I would part ways with him. You know, I, I but uh, but I think if if Anton Harrison is getting every rep in OTAs and training camp at left tackle, and Walker Little is getting every rep at right tackle, mm -hmm. I think by the time he gets to the opener, you got two pretty good bookends, in my opinion. Well, we certainly will see. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Frank says he's going to attempt an NFL comeback, despite the fact that he hasn't played in the league since 2021. He's been boxing, as a matter of fact, and he said there's only one team he wants to play for. Yeah, I, I he wants to go back to the Steelers. I don't see that. I, 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 I number one, I think he's a boxer now. I, I'd be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody took him to camp. I'd be shocked if it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was washed up three years ago yeah. as a football player. I mean, yep. it went fast. Yep. It did with Le'Veon Bell. And, Agreed. Uh, I mean, and so I, I can't imagine that uh, that he isn't going to look glacial on an NFL field. So I think he has zero chance. I don't even know that anybody's going to sign him. But if they do sign him, my guess is he lasts about one or two practices and Brandon Albert wheezes his way out of that city. 
Brandon Albert. Brandon Albert signing on the program. You don't see those every day. Uh, no, you don't. We mentioned Florida basketball lost to uh, Texas A&M in men's basketball. Also, JUUNF lost. Uh, JU had a really close game, Frank, but and overcame a 14-point deficit yeah. and ended up losing to Lipscomb. Uh, and so that was 84-82. And then UNF also lost. And that one really surprised me. Now, it was double overtime, so certainly yeah. they got everything they wanted from Austin P and more. Uh, but, yeah, so you, both local teams lost. FSU also lost. And this one shocked me. Louisville was 1-9 in the ACC, yeah. and FSU lost 101-92 Saturday night. They hung 100 on the, on the Knolls. Yeah, the Knolls are hard to figure out. Um, They're done. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, we can keep talking about them for the next (laughs) few weeks if if you like, but they're done. They either are going to win the ACC tournament or they're not going to. That's not happening. Yeah. uh, Yeah. uh, As for JUUNF, boy, JU's got to get it going, man. It's it's been a tough go for the Dolphins. They have, I think, back to back home games. I know we'll be there Thursday night when they play. Yeah, and then uh, and they're back I, in that you know precarious position of they're in the and, bottom two yeah, of yeah, the yeah, Sun. Yeah, so yeah, and, if, exactly. and they're two games back. That's yeah. the other concern. Yeah. They're two games back from getting out of that. Yeah, and uh, they're you know they're not right as of now. They're not going to be in the conference tournament. The, the the best thing they've got going for them is they are they did lose once when they missed a tip in at the end of the game at home. But they're they've been a very good home team under Jordan Mincy. Uh, they have five of their last seven games are at home, including the last three. That's their hope. The hope is when they get back to Swisher, they will become. If they get back to Swisher and get Bryce Workman back all at the same time, then they've got to make a really good run at the end of the year to avoid this being a really disappointing year. Hayes, had you heard of Bobby Witt Jr. before today? Bobby Witt Jr., <laughs> the pitcher. Uh, Royals shortstop. He okay. signed an 11-year, 288 million dollar deal wow. today. His dad was the pitcher. His dad's the pitcher. Can you believe that deal? Yeah. yeah. No, well, so, no, but he's a really good player. Because it's the Royals, yeah. and we didn't talk about it last yeah, week, but the but Orioles he, were sold, and so yeah. I feel like that's good news yeah, for their He's families. the Royals. He's their one megastar, so they're paying him more than I would have thought. By the way, you, so so he's a, he's a really good player. I mean, he's a really, really – one of the best young shortstops in baseball. Um, and you said an 11-year deal? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, and that's um, somewhat like the Braves, right? They're yeah. doing this kind of before they have to yeah. do it. Probably. He is 23 years old, so oh. yeah. But a great player. But a truly great player. By the way, the Orioles, why couldn't my team have that? I don't the know. The Orioles went from being cheap under the Angelos family to now having real owners. Uh, really? Can we, my, <laughs> my guy couldn't do that? My guy couldn't sell to a real owner? My clown guy's still going to be? It's unbelievable. My, my, my guy, of course, is Bob Nutting, the owner of the Pirates. I'm so sorry. Why couldn't my guy do it? Very disappointed. I heard he's willing to bump the payroll up this year to $36 million. Uh, there's, there's no question. <laughs> they're, they're no longer going to minimum wage, like 25 bucks an hour is what they're willing to do. I you, by the way, you laugh about the number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not that far off. I, I know you were going for the hyperbole there, but I don't know that you hit the hyperbole. You know, that's the problem with that. I don't know that it qualifies as the hyperbole. What was your number? Thirty-six million. I, I, I don't think it's that far off. That's what was the it, problem. Like Seventy something million. Yeah, something. I mean, uh, somewhere in there. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's close. Uh, 72 million. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you I that far off. So, yeah, double, just barely. Uh, and finally, I did not watch this last night, but. Uh, if you weren't watching the Grammys, maybe people did. Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf defeated John McEnroe and Maria Sharapova to win a million-dollar purse in Pickleball Slam 2. I saw it come on. Okay, I did not see any of it, but uh, th- I have family that's obsessed with Pickleball. so I had saw it come on, and I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. I saw that it came on, and I turned it off. That's what I did. Oh, well, there you have it. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. 
Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Blue, are you not out here at the golf today? I was not the- out there today, no. You're always at the golf. I'm right? always there. Let me check my phone one more time. Invitation to play uh, media. I've been covering this event since 1995. Nope, no, no phone call, no invitation. Oh, oh, well, that's, that's very unusual. Yeah. Rick is always out here. So, all right, very good. Interesting. How'd Rick, you hit him? Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was. I had a great time out here. It was a shamble, but I, I hit it just okay. So, oh, um, right. hey, um, Rick, the Super Bowl's here. Is the uh, should the Super Bowl be on Saturdays? A, B. If it stays on Sunday, should, should Monday be a national holiday? And I'm not kidding about that. I'm asking those two questions seriously. Well, uh, yeah, and our, and our friend David Glam has said that for decades, and I, yeah. I tend to agree with him. I think it would be a phenomenal holiday for the uh, the American people to get a day off after the Super Bowl. Um, I love it. You know, I mean, they uh, they call it Super Sunday. You know, they give us the, uh, the Roman numerals. I, I, I really don't get all of it. So everything changes, right? I mean, every day we're talking about change in sports, change in athletics. Look at what you played today. Just a couple of years ago, they totally redid 12 to make it a drivable hole now. Everywhere we go in sports, there's change. Why not either put it on a Saturday night, or I actually like part B of the plan. I, I like giving us all a holiday on Monday. Should, certainly should be one or the other. I don't think there's any question about that, so I'm agree with you. All right, what's coming up tonight, Rick? Uh, we got a lot of good stuff tonight. Uh, Dr. Herbie is, is begging for forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, he won't let it go. It's like everyone's let it go except for him. You know, he burnt the bridge, and he's, like, trying to get back in with Florida State fans. I've kind of had my run-in. Uh, with my alma mater over the last 30 years, and I know how to handle these people. So I'm going to speak on that uh, coming up tonight. Also, how about Roger Goodell? What a massive coward. He always has his state of the address on a Wednesday. Instead, he drops it on a Monday with an invitational only to go to his state of the NFL address. The man's making $64 million, and he is a colossal Coward. So I'm going to have an opinion on him coming up as well tonight. Baloo's going tonight. You're not going to want to miss that one. Thank you, Rick. We See you guys. It, buddy. Rick Baloo goes into the night, and that comes up right now on the program. Rick gets going. That's good stuff. You don't want to miss that. We're out of here. Thanks to the folks at the Players Championship for having us out here today. Our media day, we had a wonderful time. For Hayes, for Lauren, for RJ, I'm Frank Francis. So long.